What do you want to talk about today, Yvonne? We have a plethora of things that happened this week. Plethora! Wow, we're using the word plethora. Yep. I feel like I should also work miasma into the conversation somehow, but I haven't got the right place yet. What do you mean? <laughs> what happened? What do you mean? What? What do I, you mean? I just thought it was a cool word to oh, that I okay. work into the conversation at some point. Well, that, that sounds, you know, okay. You could try to figure out where to insert it. I can even remember what it actually means. Oh, there we go. Yes. Um, it. What does it mean? Uh, an obsolete medical theory that held that held that diseases such as cholera, chlamydia, or the Black Death were caused by a miasma, a noxious form of bad air. Sounds plausible. <laughs> the theory held that epidemics were caused by miasma emanating from rotting organic matter. Ah, I see. That seems to seems you know. Hey, it's hey that 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 is uh, let's see. There's more foundation to that flawed theory uh, than many other things that I've heard in the last like decade, twenty years. Yeah, that that actually has more of a, a of a. At least there was some kind of train of logical thought to arrive at instead of just pulling it up. Somebody pulled it out of their ass. Completely. There you go. Yeah, that's not bad. Welcome to Curmudgeon's Corner for Saturday, July 3rd, 2021. I'm Sam Minter. Yvonne Bo is with me. Hello, Yvonne. Hello. So our plan for today, just to get it out right hey, at the... Hey, you forgot. I'm here too. Uh, oh yeah. Alex is here for a brief moment because there's something that I... Hello! And this is that. I mean, Alex! Yeah. Anyway, he's here because we're going to have something with him in just a moment. But I wanted to mention that what our agenda is first. We're going to do our butt first segment with a few little goofy things, whatever random stuff. And then, well, the rest of the show is going to be like that too, because we're going to do the lightning round style where we have. Where we have. Where we have several smaller topics rather than any really big ones. Of course, we're going to end up talking like 45 minutes on one thing, but you know, whatever. That's the plan. We'll we're gonna use the mouse. Whatever. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we're we're going to have Yvonne and I alternate picking them until we feel sick of it. And every. every Why do I ever get to choose some? Because you, because you always choose video games and your YouTube channel. That's why. Okay, but I won't choose any of those this time. I'll yeah. choose myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, okay, right, so right, right. okay, we, the I'm first awesome. thing in this but first segment is going to involve Alex so that we can, you know, then he can go away and do his own yay! little thing, and he stops interrupting us. So but what I wanted to mention, what I want, what I wanted to mention was that. He had, as listeners who've been around for a little while know, he had paid us to sponsor the show and have a guaranteed position of the first break in every show for 10 weeks. Yeah! 
was going to be an ad for his YouTube channel, alexemzala.com. And then after that, yeah, yeah. you know, he has, he still has three out of the 10 that I have in rotation. Wait, so I you'll, thought I'd have two out of the You have now. three out of 10. Still three? Still three. <laughs> Okay, this is why we had him pay $200 to get that sponsorship. Anyway, what? Anyway, last week, last week was the last of those 10 weeks. No! You don't have to be so loud. It can hear you easily. Um, Anyway, yeah, I'm being loud. Stop. Dramatic. Yeah, d- there's yes. no need to be dramatic. Okay, yes, so there is. Uh, no! Uh, okay, okay, okay. Enough. Uh, <laughs> enough. Enough. So enough. Sad. We have to get to the end of this. No! Okay. Listen, <laughs> listen. We figured Ivan and I talked about this, and we figured that you know you you got you got your t- you paid us money. Yeah, and yeah. and you got your ten weeks. Yeah, yeah. But we wanted to give you one more thing. A present. A present. Yes. A new train. It's in. The, no, it's no. not a new no. train. It's oh. in this box. It must be another mouse. Here, here's keys to keys. help open the box. This time, I'm actually gonna steal them. Yeah, let's not steal anything. Because last time and, I said that, and if you'd it actually listened to all of our shows, you might have heard what this was. But I know you don't do that because we swear, and we only mentioned it when you weren't in the room while we were recording. You're evil. Yes, evil. While this is happening, while I'm opening it, tell them the headphone story. He stole my wireless headphones the other day. Um, and I was yelling at him to bring back the headphones and as he was running downstairs, but I still had my phone that was paired to the headphones. So I opened up YouTube and brought up a video of how to swear in English and started playing it on his headphones. Perfect. Yes. Genius. Okay. So what, what, what is in the box, Alex? Mm. Oh, actually, yeah, this is good. <laughs> this is good. T- tell the listeners what Ooh, it is. These. It's a mug. Yeah, and what kind of mug is it? It's a, I hate, I really, really hate curmudgeon's corner mug. <laughs> yes, there you go. Congratulations. That's right. So it's. Yes. It's- oh, and this, this is the time. Where I'm starting to make Alex Emsla merch. Oh, okay. okay. So I'm yes. going to sell this I hate, I really, really hate Curmudgeon's Corner mug uh, on somewhere. Perfect. We'll take any promotion we could get. <laughs> okay. So, yes. So it's, you know, as, as we've said before, for... You know, if you donate to our Patreon, our Curmudgeon's Corner Patreon, at various levels, you can get various things. One of the higher donation things gets you a Curmudgeon's Corner mug. We took the Curmudgeon's Corner mug and just added the words, I hate, I really, really hate to the corner, uh, so that it's a, I really, really hate Curmudgeon's Corner mug. It's personalized for, for Alex. It's, it's, it's personalized for him. Um <laughs> Yeah, so anyway, uh, we gave him the I, I, I hate, I really, really hate Curmudgeon's Corner mug. It is a one of the kind just for you, Alex. 
Congratulations. No, it's not. I just said I was going to oh, sell more. Well, right now there's only one. Yeah. And um, no, you can make as many copies as you want. Yes. 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 Feel free to make copies. Um, and uh, yeah, this is um, uh, what was I gonna say? Yeah, yeah. It's uh oh, and the reason we it says I hate, I really, really hate. For those of you who've listened a while, one of our breaks, our break on Patreon. Not it's not one of the ones advertising Alex Emsula, but our break that tells you to donate to our Curmudgeon's Corner Patreon actually has Alex in it talking about how he hates, really, really hates Curmudgeon's Corner. So anyway, there you go. Take your mug, go away. And now we're going to do the rest of our show. I don't want to shake my mug. It's staying here for a while. It's staying here for a while? Yeah. Okay. You need your phone. No. I'm going to make more. I really, I hate, I really, really hate Curmudgeon's Corner mugs. Uh-huh. You can do that later. Well, you won't need your phone anyway. Yes, I will. Okay. Are you quiet now, Alex? Why is it on this video? Alex? Yeah. Are you quiet now? Yeah. And your computer's on silent? Echo! Echo! Dude? Yes! It's on silent! Okay, with that Alex stuff out of the way, it's time for any other but firsty kind of stuff. So, Yvonne, anything from your side? Uh, Let's see. What's been going on? Well... Um, oh, what the heck has been going on? What busy? A lot of work, you know? Yeah. And stuff. Uh, you know, uh, I guess, uh, the one (laughs) thing, what the hell was I thinking about right now that happened this week? Uh, oh, jeez. Uh, I'll tell you what, I... Drove to Miami the other day mm-hmm. and uh, wound up stuck in a traffic jam uh, that was just insane. Uh, well, apparently there was a very big car accident. And uh, basically it took what normally would take me about, I'll say, an hour and ten minutes. Took me two hours. Mm. I mean, we were just literally stopped on the highway completely 100 percent uh and um i mean to the point that there was a guy in front of me that i guess he was getting called from work and at some point because we were completely stopped he actually went to the back of his car to pull out his bag to get his laptop because it's on the phone because they must have been asking him for something and he had to go and grab his laptop and just start working right there in the uh in the traffic jam. Uh, you know, that's, uh, I mean, but it, it's kind of like stuff like that that's been going on. We, I, I, you know, Manu started uh, some summer school program. And, uh, you know, he's been doing all right with that. And I don't know. We've been just... Uh, yeah, I, I, I just just working. I I'm trying to do this strategic plan, okay? Mm. Um, okay, yeah. And and so those take a lot of uh, analysis and work to put together, right? And one of the things is that in, in other times, I usually would take like 
the staff and the team away from work probably like a whole week off-site do like an off-site kind of thing where you you bond and you work on this a whole bunch of hours a day and, and you're all that very kind of focused on on just this right but the way that we've had to do this like right now with the pandemic and all this other stuff going on and is that basically we've been having we've been meeting once a week for the last couple of months to go over this and i'm really trying to plan early for next year mm-hmm. because i knew that it was going to take a a long time to to pull this together um but it's 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 tough. Uh, I'll tell you that, that um, you know going through um, all this market data that I'm, I'm going through. So market information on existing you know market share and other stuff. So we've been able to pull some of that stuff, and then just looking at the overall state of the business and state of econo- economy in every country, and then trying to understand what you know why certain things are happening in a certain way, right? Because the, the one thing is that I think you get caught up a lot of times is like, oh, look, sales fell here. Well, uh, why? Um, you know what happened? Well, in a whole bunch of instances, you could, you could, you could see that uh, there were, you know, oh, it's just the market fell. So our sales fell in accordance to what happened in the market because last year for, a whole bunch of the stuff that we that that you know that in business, uh, you, you know, demand fell. I mean, with businesses shutting down and that kind of stuff, which is which happened to a lot of industries. Okay, but you want to separate what happens between like make sure that you're not taking actions uh, related to market versus hey, is there really a problem? Right. So you have to drill into the data to make sure to separate those. Uh, and not just assume that that's happening. It's a very painstaking work, you know. And, and and then, you know, you have to pull together your conclusions, figure out the gaps, and then try to figure out what future actions you could take. And then communicate that in a document that doesn't turn into 300 PowerPoint slides, which is the bigger problem. You know, because every time I start pu- putting together some of this stuff, it gets so big, the presentation. But look. You're gonna lose your audience if it's that big, okay? I mean, mm. people are just you know you, you you're just gonna glaze over looking at that much data. You need to figure out how to be able to take all of that and condense it into something that very quickly you can explain to your audience and do that. It's very hard. I, I gotta tell you, um, you know, I mean, I've done this many times in my career, uh, so it's not like I haven't done it before. But I will say that, you know, other times that I was doing this, say, at uh, HP, uh, you know, we had a much, I had a much bigger staff at HP. That made that a lot easier. Um, I mean, it's just, it was a much bigger business when I, when I worked at HP. I mean, you know, it's just one of the people I'm working with right now, somebody that used to work with me at HP that I, that I, that I brought over. And it's just, you know, we realize the, in some of these big, you know, in a company like that, in some of the bigger companies, the difference, like in terms of resources that you have, and a lot of times you just don't, don't, you don't realize the the how much and how many resources you had, and how, I mean, how we just burn money like crazy, you know? I mean, just you know, you you just had so much money to to spend on some of this shit. I mean, it's just crazy. But you know, it's not like we don't have resources, but it, it's just look, HP, you know. I mean, we literally printed money. I mean, when I worked at HP, <laughs> my God. I mean, come on. We sold, you know, 
We sold over, in Latin America alone, we, you know, back then, talking about 20 years ago, we sold over a billion dollars, $1.5 billion worth of just ink. Ink! Just, just, you know, just freaking ink. The profit margin on that is 99%. It's literally just fucking printing money. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, with that kind of profit, you do whatever the fuck you wanted. I, I mean, I still remember this, this meeting that we went to. That we did this management meeting. We had so many people that it wound up with like, it was just the managers. at the We had 300, 400 people at this meeting. Okay. It was ridiculous. We had to rent this massive ballroom to do this meeting. Um, And uh, I don't know. At some point we were like, you know, the the hotel was bringing us coffee and it was kind of shitty. And I don't know. One of us said something. All of a sudden, this multi-thousand dollar espresso machine showed up. Okay, just to make us better coffee. And I'm like, oh, well, I like this. This stuff, you know, I get used to this shit. And I didn't get used to that shit. And then, well, you know, HP, you know, basically went to that shitter, you know, over the years. But, you know, but that was like, you know, I, I my, my wife used to say that I, I used to work at a country club. Okay, you know, when I worked at HP. She probably wasn't, she's not wrong, you know, in a certain sense, because, you know, we could, I mean, we did work very hard, but it, 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 I, the work environment itself, uh, in terms of resources, things, how we did things, how comfortable we were just like with getting whatever the hell we wanted when we wanted, you know, talking to what people I work with is like, oh, well, you know, they, 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 they were people that were privileged enough to even get and like use the private corporate, you know, the corporate jet and shit like this, you know, it was like, I didn't get to fly on the corporate jet, but you know, <laughs> get on the corporate jet. You know, oh, uh, you know, go and take everybody to Atlantis, uh, charter a jet for a, for a, an event just to take people, shit like that. I mean, whatever, just to do that. But no, I, I don't, you know, a lot of most, you know, even like, you know, a lot of companies frown on that anymore, spending money like that, that way. Mm-hmm. You know, even though I know some do, but I, I think that there, there's been a corporate change a little bit in that, in that, and that, that's a little bit more. They hold back a, a little bit more on that and aren't as um, how do I say um, extravagant in some of those uh, in some of those things. Um, but anyway, you know, So yeah, so that's been you know, what I'm doing. It's just it's very hard, painstaking work, and so it's very draining. You know, to to be going pouring over all that data, all those numbers, all the stuff, then consolidating and doing all of that. It's just it's just very hard work. Yeah, I'll I'll tell you uh, without going into to too much detail. I mean, my company also has sort of annual planning processes, and not only that, like monthly and quarterly reports that talk about things and all this kind of stuff. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not even mentioning all those that we have to do. Well, fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah, and all all of the kinds of things you're talking about of sort of consolidating data and summarizing it for upward consumption and all of this kind of stuff. Uh, it you know, is, is a, a major effort every time it happens. Um, you know, and I, I, you know, most of the time I've been able to isolate myself from a lot of that, but I'm still involved in some of those conversations. And I'll, I'll tell you, like, there's a spectrum though. Like there's, and I, I feel, and maybe, you know, I'm deluded, but I kind of feel like in many of the things I've been involved in, uh, the balance is not well calibrated in terms of how 
much is put in by so many people to get to the final result, I feel like we're way past the point of diminishing returns. Oh. And that we, you know, you, we, we could pull it back a little bit and still get 80% of the value, but save people tons of time. Listen, that happens so much of the time. Look, I, I, I still will never forget this one time that um, uh, uh, a few years back that for some some worldwide review, okay, uh, the our team in Brazil just went mad putting together stuff. Just, just insane. They had at some point put together about seven. I swear, it was at least four hundred slides, if not seven hundred slides. And I'm just like, you guys have lost your mind. This is I, 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 I had I wasn't, you know, steering this. I had just part of the business, okay. And I said, look. I'm putting this much stuff together. You guys want to spend the next, you know, not sleep putting together slides. That's your call. But our t- my team is not doing all of that. So, so the way my <laughs> the way my company culture works is that it, this is famous. I'm not like giving away any secrets. Um, there's like a no slides, no PowerPoint culture. It all is supposed to be narrative text. Okay, so like oh, you Jesus. go you go into a meeting and you're and like, and this is normal, whether it's a quarterly review, monthly review, proposal for a project, whatever, you go in and you'll have, you know, the first half hour of the meeting will be reading this really dense six page document outlining all kinds of stuff. Like, and by dense, I mean relatively small font size, uh, slow, you know, narrow margins, not lots of white space. Um, and and then there may be appendices after that, but there's six pages of dense text, okay, and and, and maybe a couple of data tables up front. And the, the data tables don't count as part of the main document, the, the six pages, right? And where where I get like where my head wants to explode is whenever I have to be in meetings where you know we've got like thirty people on a call, not for the final review of the doc. But for a review of the draft of the doc <laughs> to decide what you have to change before it's ready to actually present to management. I can't imagine. Holy smokes. I mean, that, 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 you know, look, that seems like a Dilbertian exercise. Okay. I mean, I, I, look, I, I, this, is, this is like the kind of stuff that every time I'm in these meetings and it's way too often, I'm like, I want to pull my hair out. I, I'm like, this is, you, you've got 30 high paid people in a room <laughs> reading a document and then arguing about the wording of paragraph 60. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm like, really, really? And I understand that the culture is very much one of you want a really nice polished document to go to your management. And, that, and that's the call. And that's the culture. That's Yeah. And I understand. And, and like the way it works is because management expects that if they get a sloppy document, you know, they are not going to be happy about it. So it's, it's the built up expectation. And so everybody goes crazy polishing the document. That's a very interesting, uh, 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 a cultural way of communicating stuff. I got to admit, I had not encountered that kind of way of doing it in any other company. I, I will say that I, I can see the I, I see the pros and cons of that definitely. Um because I think one of the one of the problems with like PowerPoint is that a lot of narrative gets lost in explanation, right? Yeah. And so a lot of people don't actually which this is something that pisses me off. They they 
they use the slides almost just to read them off. And the slides should really just be some highlights and bullets for you to give the context around what is there. Okay. And so, you know, so, so will you present them as, you know, I, I have like, for example, where I do ones that are just the highlights, for example, this, this, and this, right? So you could just see what the, what the key bullets are with the charts and with the data, whatever. But, you know, a lot of context is missing. And, and, but I've seen the extremes where I can see, you know, that, for example, where you get, it's like a, well, it's the way that I used to write reports for school, for example. Right. Which isn't that bad, to be honest with you. I mean, I used to put together some stuff that, and, you know, you could you could pick it up and read it and, and realize, okay, so this is what's happening. Yeah. Okay? yeah. And I, I want I want to be clear. I don't necessarily mind the fact that we're doing documents instead of PowerPoint. What I think is sort of it's it's a question of the balance of how much time and effort by how many people you put into polishing that. Oh yeah, yeah. Versus yeah. okay, you know, I got the main. I, I did my first draft. The main points are in there, good enough. And then we'll talk about the rest at the meeting, right? I, I don't know. And and look, I understand why it is the way it is. It's just it, it's the kind of thing that me personally, like some people thrive on this stuff and love it. It 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 it, it yeah. I I don't like it. <laughs> I think it's a difficult exercise for anybody. Listen, it's, let me tell you something. It's a difficult exercise to put together something just even on a presentation like this, because you're trying to pick and choose what the right thing should be. And then the, the other big problem is that people have different styles of writing and how they present. And when you're trying to merge, including into a presentation or PowerPoint, yeah. you're trying to merge all of that into one cohesive document right that's really where it's just brutal for 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 everybody involved yeah now the one thing is that i i'm I'm, you know look i i have worked with management people that uh man i mean they don't read details at all i i've had a series (laughs) of them um since i i will say that at hp we were very detail oriented and like putting stuff together and we had a lot of the data i will say that uh since then uh most of the managers i have worked with have been just so devoid of even looking at any detail whatsoever um over time that it's i oh. i just been like i mean it's crazy that i'm just like i mean it's just so uh you know so i, I you know i i got to say that having been being able to get somebody i would love to be honest with you if i could like for for certain things over the last few years if i would have been able to put together a document like that and present it and know that they're going to read it i would have been like ah thank god you know yeah and i i will say this like these documents do get read because the well that's good the meetings are actually structured. Everybody gets into the meetings and it's like, okay, we're going to spend the first 20 minutes reading. Well, Tell- that's good because that's one of the things that, for example, because I mentioned about that, that happened at HB, like, you know, tw- that was like 13 years ago, 14 years ago, prepared seven, you know, 400 plus slides. Must have been for sure. We only went through four. Right. <laughs> only went through four. <laughs> that, 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 by the way, is the absolutely most frustrating thing in the world. Uh, and this hasn't happened to me in a little while, thankfully, but like where you're asked to produce something, whether it be a a document, a report, a presentation, whatever, and you spend a 
ton of time on that because the thing that was asked for is complicated and yep. you've got to do a lot of research and you got to do this and you then and you and then you produce it you're done you give it to whoever it was wanted it you email it to the group that's that theoretically should care and then nobody, nobody reads re- any of it nobody reads the damn thing and that happens i mean that is something that just it, it goes on a shelf gets ignored nobody nobody read it nobody cares you know, months later, you know, whatever. And, and that is extremely frustrating. And yeah, I know that happens sometimes, but it's like, really? Then why did you have me do it? <laughs> you know? Yep. And and in some cases, it's because the exercise of doing it yourself helps clarify some thinking. I, I will say that that is you know? something that is very true. That, that uh, uh, there are certain assignments with certain information that just the forcing people to do that exercise... Maybe it just doesn't need to be read. It more is exactly what 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 you're saying. It's like you made the person okay. What's your plan? How you're going to do it? When you're going to do it? And so forth. And so you went through the data. You put together the stuff and you wrote it down. And you're like, okay, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. And it really, I, I I actually there are certain times that I I know that I I have told my employees sometimes to do certain things that I haven't like completely delved into the detail of it. Right. But it was more. For me to make them look, you have to have your plan. If you haven't written your plan, you're you're making sure that they've thought about it. Exactly correct. And by doing putting them through the exercise, they did, and they know what they're going to do. We went through it. Maybe we didn't go through every you know we don't go through every detail, but I know that they they have their directions set of what they're going to do. Yeah, and that's I and I think that's a big part of those processes. I mean, it, there's definitely some of it that's informing upper management of what's going on and enabling them to make big decisions. But some of these exercises are definitely just to make sure that people or teams are actually thinking about things actively rather than letting them happen passively. And and so they do serve a purpose. But on all of these, there's still the sort of question of where's where where does the cost benefit curve break? Like there's certainly yeah, advantage of yeah. doing it over uh. not doing it, but beyond a certain point, you're wasting everybody's time. Look, I had one manager specifically that I'm not, I'm not going to say what company he was in or which one he was that, that just, uh, you know, the guy just could not put together a plan or articulate it for the life of him. Okay. All he would do is like go to meetings and just spew off ideas and whatever, whatnot and yarns, but not actually put it together as one coherent plan. And so what happens is what would happen is that people would get these completely undefined marching orders and that caused confusion. Okay. And people wouldn't know what the hell to do. And I remember that one time there was, there was one marching order that he gave that was completely just a mess. And it was just causing a lot of trouble. So I got together with one of the other managers and decided to, look, let's document this process and let's identify how this is supposed to work so people can get clear rules of engagement. And you know what? We basically, we put it together, we sent it to him, and he basically bickered and argued about it. But, and I'm like, we're like, okay, so you don't, okay, look, so you don't like what we wrote? So you fucking tell us what to change on it because we need a guideline. Well, let me think about it. I'll get back to you. <laughs> Never. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, you know, 
you know, the guy's, you know, the fucking shithead. I mean, you, 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 you won't document it. You won't explain it. We try to document for you. You won't do it. Hey, all you got to do is say, hey, no, change this to this. No, the guy just wouldn't do it. That anyway. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. So that was that's been so so that's where I'm, I'm, I'm oh, I've got my head like really it's just doing that and and I'm 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 trying to think about you know I'm trying to do something that is like really impactful for the next three years. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm trying. This is this is me looking really out into the the long term. Okay. And so which a lot of people in the companies don't do, but I'm trying to like. Let, let me see what what's going to happen and how do we prepare to be able to to do that over the next three years so that's what I'm what I'm focused on and so and so I'm taking my time I'm, I'm like you know I'm not you know I'm not rushing this it's you know really you know it's for really I'm trying to think of you know 2022 and forward and so therefore I'm just like right now you know let's, let's just do this right let's put it together let's be clear and let's yeah do that and yeah and it, it burns a lot of brain cells <laughs> I, i've got a i've got a couple of short ones that I, I i really wanted to get them done today it's friday evening u.s time before the july 4th weekend as we're recording this and i there were a couple of uh, you know, just one pagers not these big six pagers but just a, yeah, yeah, one yeah. page summaries of a couple of things that i really wanted to get done uh today i did not get them done today today was a really like scattered day i had a hard time getting focused blah 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 um, but the end result is like these, I have to have a couple of these things in Tuesday. So I'm probably going to be working on it over the holiday weekend. And I'm like, damn it. I wanted to get them done, but you know, well, I am actually going to go to, to Disney for the holiday weekend. I actually found a hotel, like at the last minute that was a, that was available to go at a reasonable price because I tried to find one for Memorial day and that was impossible. So we're going to go tomorrow, mm. uh, to go there through Monday and actually, my company gave us as a company holiday Monday and Tuesday off. Ah, huh. we've got Monday off, not Tuesday though. No, but, but I was surprised. We went, oh, we got we got both Monday and Tuesday. I was pleasantly surprised. So we got both both days off. So we're like, yeah, I'm like, woo. Nah. So and, anyway, so I and, and you know this isn't like this isn't one of the big fancy like spend years on it documents that I was talking about earlier. It yeah, yeah, should yeah. it should be one that if I just sit down and focus and do it, I can knock out like i can knock it out in like an hour or something it's just i couldn't do that today whatever was going on i just couldn't i couldn't focus and sit down and do that so now i'm stuck i have to i have to figure out where to fit that time in uh you know before tuesday and it's like i really didn't want to do that but i will i will i'll figure out what i have to do um because also those kinds of tasks like some some of those writing tasks and i don't know about you and other people out there but for me um I often have to follow a pattern where it's like, yeah, if I just sat down, focused and spit it out, the whole thing would be done in 20, 30 minutes, whatever. Yes. But, but I can't do that. I'm like, you procrastinate. I, I, I procrastinate. I end up like pacing and thinking about it and blah, blah, blah. And then I'll, I'll go back to the paper and I'll like write down one or two sentences. And then I have to like pace and think about it and walk around and blah, blah, blah. And then another couple sentences. And then I realize, oh, the first thing I said doesn't make sense with the third thing I said. Now I have to go and change that. And I know this is part of the writing process for many people, but that sort of, that sort of back and forth and I can't just spit it all out. I have to like, you know, 
intersperse little bursts of writing with other things means that it blows up and takes a lot of time. Well, look, Sam can write very uh, clearly and crisply, quickly. (laughs) Well, the the feedback I always get is I'm too wordy and I have to... I have to simplify. Yeah, yeah, you write very well, okay? And, and it comes out in one shot usually. Once you stop procrastinating, it it, it happens, okay? Mm. You know, but but you just procrastinate way too much. Well, it, it, but it, it, it doesn't always come out in one shot. It often comes out in little bursts, a few sentences at a time spread out over many hours. But then, yeah, I, I, I thank you for your comments about my writing. Uh, the feedback I generally get from other people is that I'm too verbose, I'm too wordy, and I have to simplify things. That's because they're undereducated morons. <laughs> uh, there you go. Oh, um, yeah, you're, I don't understand your vocabulary. Maybe you should have a vocabulary level, but higher than fourth grade, you moron. You would understand what I said. <laughs> well, it also gets to like, I, I like complex convoluted sentences with like lots of clauses and stuff. And it's like, okay, simplify that. So I, I take some of this feedback, but on the other hand, you know, I've written this way since grade school, you know, there's only so much I can change. I have read how Sam writes, and he writes very well. But these fucking people could go suck it. I don't give a shit. <laughs> okay, I, I think we've gone far enough on butt first. Yes, we got topics. We got real stuff. Wild, wild stuff. Yeah, yeah. So let's take a break, and we will be back. Uh, I mentioned we're going to do lightning round, uh, but you know we've got lots of lots of serious stuff, lots of not serious stuff. We've got all kinds of things going on. It was a busy week. Um, I, I even have some feedback. I don't know if we'll have time for it cause it's long though, but we'll see how it goes. Um, okay. We'll take a break. We will be back and then we'll start lightning. 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 Classic celebrates the classic horror and science fiction films from the silent era through the 1960s, and retro TV horror from the 1950s to the 1970s. Visit creepyclassics.com for all your classic video needs. And when you buy something, tell Ron that the curmudgeons say hello. Okay, we are back. And I guess since you had that last topic about sort of corporate documentation and stuff that we sort of riffed on for a while, uh, I guess I should make the first topic. So I guess let, let's start. What are you going to go with? I, I'm going to go with the Trump org stuff. Um, okay. You know, so we had uh, this week the long-awaited uh, New York indictment of the Trump organization and what's his name? Weiss something? What's his Weil name? Weisenberger. Willisenberger. Will, 
Oh, God. Uh, Millersburg. Uh, no, let's get it right. Let's get it right. Oh, God. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, what the hell's his name? Uh, I mean, who even gives a shit about... Weiselberg. Weiselberg. You've got it in front of you. You're you're sure. Yes, okay. Alan H. Weiselberg. Okay. Uh, anyway, uh, we 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 got Weiselberg. Maybe maybe that should be the Weasel? Weaselberg Weasel? sounds better. Yeah, Weaselberg. Yeah, that sounds better. Okay, whatever. <laughs> I think it's Weiselberg. Okay, Weisel, Weisel. I mean, it's W E I S S E L B E R G. So you know, Weiselberg or Weaselberg. Depending. <laughs> Yes. Okay, fine. Anyway, we got these indictments. And so everybody's talking about, well, okay, what does this mean? But wait, and, wait, yes, wait. Yes. I'm sorry, but didn't the Trump attorney earlier this week says that there, that there was going to be no indictments? I thought he said, like, it was no big deal. Like, it was it was minor little tax thingies that no one should care about. I, I thought I heard he said that it wasn't going to happen, period. I, I think at one point, one of them said something like that, but... I saw a rumor that they'd said, yeah, I think I saw that as well. But then I, but that was like the minority. Ah, it's no big deal. Yeah. So, yeah. So, but, but no, but he, they, 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 it happened. It did happen. Uh, now, importantly, we don't at this point have indictments of the, of Donald Trump himself or any of his family. We don't have that. It's the Trump org itself. And what the guy was the CFO, right? Correct. Yeah. So, uh, what, 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 what do we think? Um, I think this is, uh, pretty clearly a fraud case that is backed up by significant documentation that exposes that this that they were committing a fraud. It, it's not just their investigation. We had this very lengthy New York Times article that was based on information provided by uh, Donald's niece, uh, Mary Trump. On all the taxes okay. going back years. But that's not what this specific yeah. indictment was about. No, 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 no. But, it, it, well, it, there was stuff in there, if you, re- if you read in there, that is related to a whole bunch of this. I, I because because the the main thing that they are talking about is um and I'm reading this from a New York Times article on this uh, Trump was not indicted but the charges still threaten him. This was also the, the, this stuff that they're talking about here was talked about in that article, which is uh, uncovered uh, the investigation uncovered the alleged abuse of run of the mill perks like car leases, apartments, and school tuition that transformed Donald J. Trump's family business from real estate branding empire to criminal defendant. Now, what you're talking about those abuses is this was something that was discussed in the, in that earlier article in which they were running expenses through their companies in a way to create fake you know write-offs inflated invoices and to be able to book expenses for things that should have been compensation and taxable as an expense um and so it, it maybe it's it, i it's not exactly the same things as there but it's the t- it's the type of co- it's the type of conduct yeah the very specific things in these indictments uh, were centered centered around activities where there was a nominal salary that the person was going to receive, right? That was, and but then they said, okay, we're gonna 
pay your rent for an apartment in Trump Tower. Exactly. And we're going to lease you a car. Right. And we're going to pay your kids' tuition. Right. And this kind of stuff. Yep. But we will subtract that from the check that we give you for your salary. So that's clearly part of your compensation. But it will no longer go into your W-2 form. We're just going to give you these things. Um, and they'll, they're, well, I don't even know that they were subtracting it from they any were. check. And they su- were, it's such a, they were, that was part of the recording. Well, they were. Okay. So, so they were saying, and, and that, that's actually part of what they, that's part of how they got caught. Well, well is I mean, because, well, that's, because the, that's so dumb because if they would have, you know, I mean, they're just even dumb. Well, th- this is, this is exactly just, part of the documentation they found and why it was so easy to prove this is because they kept a separate set of books that showed here's your salary. Here's the stuff we're deducting oh, for all no, these no, parts. No, 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 but it's and... because they had it on a separate ledger. It's not because they did it like technically. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. Okay, but, yeah, but the, that's the, because they were keeping a separate ledger that showed the math. Because they weren't doing it like that on the books. On the books, they were just paying that little salary and buying this other stuff. But this moron actually kept a ledger documenting exactly the amounts. Okay, which is. <laughs> Yeah, be, be, because they wa- they wanted his total benefits, including both the on the books and off the book stuff, to add up to a certain number. Okay, okay, but that's just you know it's just being dumb. So so when they gave him the Mercedes, they subtracted that from the amount that they'd give him a check for. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, and so that made it that uh, you know it, it just made it that it was all untaxable. But but they you know but. It's what they kept doing in order to to reduce their taxes because it, it, because what would happen is if this wasn't washed through as an expense for the Trump organization, two two things would happen. A, they would have to report that as income to the Trump organization, then pay tax, and then the recipient would have to pay tax by doing it in this way. Okay, basically it was all an expense. Yeah, just to be clear, that they were putting the the car for the guy or his daughter's tuition or his apartment as expenses of the business as opposed to benefits to the person. Right. Because if they pay, because if they, if they did it that way, both the Trump organization would have to, to, to declare, you know, it, there, both of their incomes were reduced in a way that was, that made it, you know, better for both bottom line for tax purposes. And so, (laughs) I mean, because, you know, if you think about it, because either you, either you pay it in a salary that you put it there, which creates a tax, or you're paying in a dividend. But if you're paying it in a dividend, you have to pay taxes on the income before you pay. It's, I mean, look, they were just basically trying to, they were just washing money through those companies in order to uh, reap the benefits while illegally avoiding taxes. And as you said, this isn't exactly what was in the previous reports, but it's part of that same pattern. Right? It's the same. It's not it, it, what I'm saying is they use the same method. Okay. Uh, because they did that with what, what they were doing. Um, they did this way in which they were funneling money uh, from the apartments that they had through a company that made payments in such, in such a way that, it it artificially, you know, overbuild the condos in order to be able to get the money out as an expense, and then the money was paid to them as well in a way that avoided taxes. It's it's the same, it's the same methodology. Okay, basically, 
Right. Well, and th- this is why people are also like, look, I- I've heard on the one hand people saying, look, the fact that they're doing this indictment right now means that whatever his name was obviously hasn't flipped yet. Correct. And they they don't have the goods yet on the big guys. They don't have the goods on Donald Trump himself, Don Jr., Eric, Ivanka, any of the big names that we'd be thinking about, right? And so they must be doing this as an additional way to try to squeeze this guy, to get him to flip on the bigger people. Um, But I've also heard people saying, yeah, they probably really want that guy to flip, but... This is by no means over. No. This is the first shot across the bow. Like, they've... This is almost... Based on the New York Times stuff that you were talking about before, based on other reports, it seems incredibly clear that this was the absolute standard of behavior for these people going back decades and decades and decades. Yep. And so the... And they've got full access to the tax returns. They've got full access to the corporate records at this point, I believe. Um, They've got all kinds of stuff (laughs) and they're just digging through it. And so the question is, okay, when, you know, what else did I got? You know, the, the existing grand jury is scheduled to go basically through November or something, I think through the most of the rest of the year. Um, They potentially have ways to extend after that, but they're coming up on a whole bunch of statute of limitations uh, questions. Um, as, and the, the current uh, guy, um, Cy Vance or whatever his name is, uh, is leaving office and they figure they want to wrap up whatever they're doing while he's there. Um, so it's unclear sort of what's next. I mean, there, but there's still a lot of anticipation that, you know, okay, this can't be it. Yeah, there's got to be more. This has to, I, I am totally convinced this is just the tip of the iceberg. Mm. I mean, there's no way that that's the only thing they found. I mean, but I think that this probably... I, I mean, even things that we've seen, even things we've seen reported already, like, like again, the New York Times stuff about, like, the, 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 you know, valuing properties up and down depending on whether you were trying to get loans or taxes, for instance. Right. And the fraud that's behind that. Uh, there were reports of them doing fishy things with sort of treating, you know, paying Ivanka as if she was a consultant, even though she was, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, one of the executives of the company and all, there are all kinds of stuff. I mean, we've, we've had report after report after report of sort of shady business dealings surrounding Donald Trump and his family. Uh, so it seems like this, there's a rich target zone here. So I, I, I gotta feel like you're right that this is the tip of the iceberg. Um, the, the question is, when do we see more? The other thing that I've seen mentioned a lot is that this is a state prosecution, but in the indictment, they mentioned, I I saw someone counted it. It was like 40 different times. They pointed out explicitly that what they were talking about was also a federal crime. (laughs) Just to make that point. Well, it would. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure it would be. I mean, if you're avoiding the state income taxes, you are avoiding the federal income taxes as well. Yes. Yeah. Um, so and so that's sort of like the uh, excuse me, feds. Do you want to pay attention to this, too, or no? And I think yeah, the, the answer yeah. is, of course, the feds want nothing to do with it. They would rather this all go away. Uh, but, you know, at some point, do they have to do something? I don't know. I think it, they're happy to let the state go first. 
I think they're happy to let the state go first, but at some point, I think their hand is going to be forced. I mean, there's there's just not not nothing you could do when when it's it, it's such a massive uh, tax uh, illegal tax avoidance scheme. I mean, I saw some of some of the you know there was criticism, of course, from the Trump side. Um, no, that, really? Yeah, but no, they were like, "This is a political vendetta. They're after us." Blah blah blah. And I saw numerous you know, tax law experts and stuff on various TV channels uh, saying, look, basically, if 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 this evidence fell in front of you, I don't see how you don't indict. There's just... Exactly. It, it, There's it's, just no way not to do it. It's so blatant and so obvious and so out there. It's like, if you ignored that, that would be the malfeasance. Then you're giving a license to everybody to just fuck it. Whatever. Yeah. I, I agreed. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I definitely think that this is just the tip of the iceberg. And look, I, I think it makes, given what everybody has said, that this guy, uh, uh, what's his name again? Weasel? I don't, I don't Weasel know. Ball? You looked it what, up. Whatever. Mr. W. What, 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 Mr. W. Uh, is the point man that was really the one that made all this funding and all these schemes work? I think it makes sense to basically accuse him first. If you're going to if you're going to round up anybody else and it's like, "Hey, look, we got you debt to rights." And it's like, "Look, either this is what we can do. We can keep digging, and you don't help us, and you're going away for a long time. Okay? You're fucked, okay? <laughs> or you could help us and then, you know, we could cut you some kind of deal." Basically. Yeah. I, I mean that that's what they're hoping for. I mean, apparently so far he's uh he hasn't been cooperating, but they're hoping to turn the screws a little tighter and maybe that'll change. But and, and I you know, some people I, I mean it's it's hard to understand. Like we, we, some people that I've heard talk about this are like, look, if he doesn't flip, that's as far as they're gonna go. It it's gonna get stuck. I doubt it. Just like they got stuck. Just like they got stuck when they couldn't get, like, uh, Manafort to flip or whatever, or Manafort and Stone. Like, they felt like if they could roll those people up, they could get more significant people, but they didn't. They they just, you know, they went to, they went to jail and waited for their pardons and stuff. Uh, of course, Donald Trump doesn't have that pardon ability anymore. Um, exactly. But, you know, th- it, but I've heard other people say that, look, even if this guy doesn't flip... There's so much documentation that they now have access to. I think that's the point. It's different in this case where I think, you know, given the level of documentation that keeps being produced, that it's quite clear that that these guys documented themselves to death. Literally, in terms of getting indicted. Uh, yeah. I mean, you're writing down, you know... Instead of, you know, doing it in a way that would hide it, you actually wrote down the fraud yourself, you <laughs> moron. Yeah. And you'd think, you remember during the whole Mueller report thing, there was uh, Donald Trump at one point uh, threw a tantrum to... Um, what his his uh, the White House counsel about taking he notes. Was taking notes. And like, yes. what kind of a lawyer takes notes? Well, apparently your CFO. 
Apparently your CFO took a hell of a lot more notes. <laughs> Not a lawyer, but yeah, I, I don't I don't know. I mean, is it any surprise that they're not only corrupt, but also stupid? No. <laughs> no. Not at all. No. And, and anyway, I, I mean, I don't know what else there is to say really about this other than, you know, we're going to watch it play out and we'll see who else they get if they get anybody. Um, and, you know, these things take a while to work their way through. Um, I mean, it's always a little bit frustrating because you want it all to just happen. I mean, hell, we wanted this to happen four years ago, right? Yep. <laughs> but, but, and it took years of going to court up to the Supreme Court twice before uh, the the offices in New York got access to tax returns and such. Um, and you know, you can expect that you know uh, the process will take a while yet. Um, uh, but we do apparently have some deadlines that. The expectation is if 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 there's going to be a lot coming out of this, it's going to be this year. Um, now, the the actual court processes that come out of that may extend further, but it seems like you know if they're going to be more indictments, they're going to be this year. Yay! Indictments. Yeah. So, um, okay. Um, I'm excited. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I still sort of, you know. Uh, well, I'm not the one getting indicted, so I'm excited. Well, that's good. That's good. I'm glad. Um, yes. But, but yeah, look the the big excitement. Well, if they if if they actually indict any individuals from the Trump family, that's when there'll be real excitement. But this is a this is a big initial step. Like even if they don't go any further than this. By the way, I've heard talk about like you know the this may doom the Trump org. You know, even if, even if they don't get convicted oh, yeah. in the end, because, yeah. you know, a lot of people are talking about, well, you know, the Trump org basically lives on loans and all sorts of these loan agreements may have outs essentially if their the well, org is no, indicted. Here, here's the thing. As far as I know, I don't know anybody that, um, will loan money if you are under a criminal investigation cloud. Right. Okay. And so that becomes a problem. I, I mean, hell, I've seen banks, if you've got a threat of litigation, um, it, it, uh, some in some way, if you're under litigation of a certain value that they won't, you know, they won't, they won't extend you a loan. We were having a, a, a I had this discussion here with the, our condo where we were in litigation um, on a couple of cases and how that um, impacted our ability to do certain financial transactions. Mm -hmm. And so, and we weren't under criminal investigation. I, I, I think this, this makes it even worse that it's criminal. Right. Because, you know, hell, what are you a bank and you're going to roll over a $300 million loan that exists out there. You're going to go do it because an organization that's under, you know, uh, under criminal fraud, you know, you know, under criminal fraud charges. Oof. Yeah. And, and look, we've, you know, the Trump organization as a whole, uh, we've mentioned is not in the best financial shape in the world. Anyway, the brand is somewhat toxic right now. Uh, even when it was doing at its best, uh, it never seemed to be really doing well. Yeah, yeah, it was never a really thriving organization. They were always picking up more loans and getting sort of deeper into it. And, you know, frankly, some of it was being propped up by Donald Trump's earnings from 
from The Apprentice and such like that. Right. And all of that's gone. And so if people stop loaning to them, they may get into trouble really fast. Yeah. Let alone if anybody starts like trying to claw back the loans or anything like that. Yeah. No, I, I know. So fun stuff. Okay. Enough of that. Yvonne, your turn. Uh, my turn. Uh, let me see. Uh, hold on. Uh, let's talk about the condo collapse thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So more updates since last week. Go for it. Well, th- there's a couple of things. One is, uh, I, I mean, I, I, you know, there more video has emerged and more information, you know, surrounding the actual collapse has emerged where, you know, one person had actually filmed a video just before the collapse that showed uh, damage under in the parking garage underneath the structure uh, that, that apparently was from the collapse of the pool deck. Right. Okay. The, the, the water flowing into the parking garage. I think I've seen that one. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And so that, 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 so, so it's very clear that that definitely is, as many have confirmed, uh, there was a person that survived that escaped the building that said that, that basically that they, they saw it collapse because they were on the first floor. There was cracks developing in their unit and they went and said, shit, I'm getting out of this building. And they, they got, grabbed their clothes, got out. Uh, did not take a stairwell that was near them because they didn't realize it was near them, went to the further stairwell, and then the building collapsed. Mm. It just narrowly escaped the whole damn thing. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you want to talk about... And if she had taken the wrong stairwell, which was closer to her unit, she would have died. Right. Um, so, uh, that was, that was an amazing story. There was, there was an article and I had actually heard this, uh, the, the, it, 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 uh, 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 well, second, secondhand, um, I met with somebody this week and they told me that they knew one of the people that were first responders and they took that first got there and they said that you could hear screams and wails, uh, when you got to the site that you could hear them, uh, and there's been confirmation that there was one person that was on the phone for about 11 hours that that called from some location that they were trapped and they they couldn't get to them. They they were they were not able to get to them. So there are definitely people that survived underneath the rubble, but there just just no way to get to them. Yeah. So that's that's something that's definitely emerged. Um, and, and and that's just you know. I mean, I, I think there's enough of a history of collapses to know that this sometimes happens, but it's still like, it, 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 in that kind of scenario, you you either want to be rescued or you want to die instantly. Exactly. The the being trapped for hours and hours day, and hours, hour, and days, then dying. and then dying, that's the no. worst possible outcome by far. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so right now the, the, the recovery is being very s- uh, slow, uh, methodical. I mean, it's just, it, it's just very difficult to, to go through that and, and get, you know, anything out of it, the way that it collapsed, that they've been going, they, they have, like they have said, 
This is not for a lack of resources. It's just the way that the that the location is. And they had to stop work because they now fear that the, the what's remaining standing of the building, it seems like it will collapse. Mm. Um, and so right now they're trying to balance um, what the hell they're going to do in terms of continuing to search for people. Um, and the Miami-Dade uh, mayor... Issued an order to demolish it, okay, as soon as possible because of that risk. Um, so they're working on that planning, but they're also obviously they don't they want to try to continue to try to to dig and search as much as possible. But at the same time, with the risk of that, the rest of that tower collapsing, uh, they've got to take action on that too. Yeah. They, 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 so so that is. Um, definitely uh an issue uh that that is causing far more problems and then uh, you know across the country well at least around here you know there's been a, a whole bunch of uh buildings looking through the records and seeing you know evaluations of what's going on whether buildings are safe and so forth there was one building here and that was nearby that was about 50 years old that basically uh they had the information that the building was basically just uh, unsuitable for people to be living in it. And they ordered it evacuated today. Uh, it, it, it was a condo uh, that was nearby. But but this goes to, um, look, how this this community got themselves into this mess in the first place. And it's just, it's something that I've seen um, firsthand because I, I, I've been president of our condo board for, for a long time. Well, let, let me let me just give the the high level background of that is that they apparently were warned of issues several years back. Yes. And and have been arguing about the cost of fixing it. Yes. And 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 that becomes a problem of what I've seen here with the buildings that are the older buildings. The situation that happens, I've seen it happen Time and time again. Um, in order to collect the proper amount of reserves money, which reserves are these, it's basically a savings account in which you put money in for uh, uh, areas of the property that uh, that are valued at over... I can't remember the amount. I, I, I do it for over $10,000, but I think the law may say a, a higher amount. Five, I can't remember, $10,000, $5,000. It, it, over a certain amount in which you have to save money for calculate what the life of, the pro, of, of, that, uh, of that structure is and put money in an account so that when it needs re- replacement, then you'll have the money to do so. Now, the problem is that Many associations, over half of them in the country, not just in Florida, are very short-sighted about this. And so, because you go and it's like, well, to collect that, you have to add to the dues 100 bucks a month, 200 bucks a month. I, I estimate in a building like Champlain Towers, it's 300 extra dollars a month, okay, to pay. And so, uh, so you go and you're like, hmm, 300 extra bucks a month. Well, fuck it. I'm not going to live here that long. I'm, I'm, you know, why the hell do I put that money? Let's just kick the, that money down the road. Let's not put money into that. And, you know, we could just waive the reserves. And so 
a, a vote can be had if called by the board, okay, to ask to waive reserves, which reduces the assessments. And in a, in a case of a place like this, you're probably talking about a 25-30% reduction in assessments, okay? And so, hey, either we put money in savings or we vote to not put the money into savings, say fuck it and wing it, and, you know, we just pay for operating expenses. Um, the other thing that's an issue with the money into reserve accounts is you can't use that money for a repair. Okay. Which is the tricky part of this thing, okay? It's meant to be used for a replacement, okay? So, it, and this is the part where associations get stuck in, hmm, if I've got a lot of ongoing repairs right now because stuff is old, and I put money into the reserves, I can't use that money to maintain that. And so this is where it gets tricky and why some associations uh, wind up not wanting to put the money into reserves because they need the cash to do repairs right now. Just short-term repairs. So, and so what I'm saying is, think about roofs, okay, for example. And, this, and, I, and I know this from percent because this happened with our roofs. When we had a developer that was an unscrupulous developer that turned over the community to us, so one of the things that he did is, A, he lied about the age of, uh, he lied about the condition age of the of the roofs, okay? So he said that they had 30 years of life when they really had zero. Then when he controlled the association, he had voting power overwhelming to waive reserves. So he continued to not put money into the reserve accounts, Okay. Well, he well he ran the association because they don't have to turn it over until a certain number of units are sold or some time has elapsed. So while he controlled it, then he didn't fund reserves. Then he lied about the age and didn't contribute enough money because if he really had said, hey, these roofs have zero life left, he needed to have put into reserve accounts $1.5 million, okay? But he put zero. So then he turns it over, and then we wind up in a lawsuit with him because, you know, we need, you know, he's like, hey, this is bullshit. These these roofs had zero life. And it's a very complicated uh, litigation in order to prove this. But we kept having roof leaks and roof leaks and roof leaks and roof leaks all the time. So I had to call roofers every month, and we were running on a monthly basis. Uh, I would say, on average, about $7,000 a month fixing roofs. Actually, I know one year we spent $130,000 fixing roofs, okay? Just a constant, I mean, it was over $10,000 a month. So I struggled that at first because he left the reserve account empty. I was like, if I put money right now into the reserve account, I can't use it to do roof repairs. I have to use it only to replace the roof. And so we wound up for a couple of years where we didn't put any money in that account, okay? But but that's because we got to, but you but associations wind up in this situation left by unscrupulous developers that wind up doing this. And you're winding up be caught between a rock and a hard place. Now, what I did to fix the problem was that I I went I sued the developer. I got them to have to pay us money, okay? Uh and they had to fork over several hundred thousand dollars, okay? And I also found a bank that, you know, when I fixed all the money or whatever, to loan us money to replace all that and be able to fund the reserves. So now we have money in the reserves. 
Uh, you know, we're paying off the loan. And, you know, so, and our dues are probably, are above average. Okay. All right. But we have money for any, I mean, everything is repaired in tip top shape. As as many of you who have listened to the show can attest that Sam knows I'm a pain in the ass about fixing shit. So everything here is in, you know, as close to a perfect order as it could be. Okay. Hmm. Um, and and there is money in the bank for any future uh things, but that was very hard to accomplish. Okay, I, I'm a business guy. I was able to navigate this. Most of these associations are are, are are volunteers that are not that financially savvy, and so you wind up in a situation where, you know, I wound up in a, a situation where if I would have said, "Hey, let me claim reserves," and I did the math the way that the that the state said we to do it. We would have had to put $1.5 million, we had to, would have to put $2 million in the bank, made a special assessment out of every owner of about $15,000, $20,000. People would have flipped their lid, okay? And so it, it turns into these very political situations. And that's where, where this association was, where for 30 years, people had kicked down the road, this stuff. They, they had just not funded it. And then you get all these, you know, then they didn't want to raise the condo fees because you keep getting, oh, but you guys charge more than others and whatever. I'm like, you know, they're like, you guys, your condo fees are high. These people are cheaper. And it's like, you're not looking at it that, you know, the places that have them higher like that are doing it because you're maintaining financial sanity, not winding up in that idiotic situation where all of a sudden they wound up in a situation where. Their, their reserve amounts, they only had about, they needed $15 million for repairs. They had $800,000 in reserves. You're talking about Champlain Tower South. That that was their situation. That was their situation. But a lot of buildings are, 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 are like that. I talked to so many owners. There is it, it is, it is a recurring thing that happens with condos that they get into the situation. And one of the things is that the rules to assess how money should go into reserves, it makes it very easy for owners to say, to waive them and not put the money that should be in that savings account. Right. And because then you don't put the money in the savings account, then it winds up mushrooming this problem into the future. And so, so this is, this is, and so this is a problem. Look, there is an estimate that half of the associations in the United States for condos are under a similar issue as Champlain. Now, probably not that you will get a hundred thousand dollar assessment because one of the problems is these towers near the near the ocean. These the 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 repairs are far more expensive than the ones that are inland. Okay, those are all. I mean, I have a friend of mine that lives in one that basically the repair tab is the same. They but they started on on theirs, but they also had ten fifteen million dollars worth of repairs, and so. It's a situation, but but you've got half an associations in the U.S. that are under the same problem. Okay, there was I was reading about one in Minnesota. Okay, that basically was a fifty-year-old construction where basically they had zero money to do the repairs. The place is falling apart, and they basically, you know, the the places are worth one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and the money needed to do the repairs per, by, per unit, I think it's like forty fifty thousand per unit. How the hell if you own a condo that's worth $150,000, you know, you're paying monthly dues and then you got to shell out 50000 cash out of pocket to cover that? People don't have the money to do that. 
And so it, it, it's it's just it, it, it. There are ways to fix it, but like right now, there's a lot of associations in the same boat, and that's why these guys got into that corner. I mean, it, it you saw that there was a there was a story that sh- look this this had gotten so contentious in 2019. Basically, all almost the entire board and the president all resigned because they couldn't come to an agreement on how to fund these repairs. Right. So, so just to summarize the situation a bit, um, so they they got the notice that there were there were issues. Uh, there was some dispute over how clear it was, how serious the issues were, whether it was buried in the report that it was a structural safety issue versus right. a cosmetic issue, whatever. Right. Uh, but apparently, it, it was in there. So there there is at least some question about sort of carefully reading the sixty page engineer report or whatever. Um, but and so for that bit, you have to wonder, like, hey, if if the if if the inspection turns up an actual safety issue, shouldn't that be like highlighted and really obvious and everybody has to talk about it? But but apparently that, you know, there was a whole long list of things that they knew they needed repairs on, et cetera. As you mentioned, it was very expensive. So they fought about it for, you know, however many years the board resigned. They were finally starting to do some of the repairs yep. uh, right before this happened. But they were starting with like the roof and stuff where it seems like the ultimate failure was related to the pool area. Right. Um and but well, you know, and there was a report I think it's, recently that a couple of months ago they started working in that area and had to stop the work. Mm. It wasn't clear what happened that stopped the work, but that they had started, and they the report said that they uncovered something uh, mysterious. I mean, some word like that, mysterious, something strange. They didn't say what, right? And they had to stop the work. But it, there's no indication, right? Like it seems like. Nobody realized just how bad this could be. Like, nobody was like, hey, if you don't fix this, the building's going to fall down. I don't think that, that yeah, I, I, it wasn't really, um, I think that they, from what you read from the report and from uh, the President Association, what he wrote, it was that basically they didn't feel like the building would collapse right now, but they felt that if it continued, it could get to that point. Mm. But they didn't think that was like it was it was it was going to collapse right now. Okay. They felt they had time to make the repairs. Okay. Right. They they knew that if they didn't do it, it was going to they felt it was going to happen, but not like in two weeks. Right. They might have thought they had a decade. I don't know if they thought they had a decade because I think that the the report said pretty clearly that they you know they they were I mean it's why they he was they 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 got into such an argument about it so bad they knew they had to do something but well um, I mean the the initial report indicating problems was what two thousand eighteen two thousand seventeen two thousand eighteen yeah two thousand eighteen you know so that, that that's already been a few years there well listen by law they would have had to have done it anyway. Okay. At this point, this is what they realized. Um, this it, this is the 40 year anniversary, 2021, where they do the 40 year recertification. Uh, you know, and uh, look, the 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 county was going to force them to do it. Right now, they, they at this point they had no choice. The county was going to look at the report and they were going to say, "Spend the money, or we're shutting you down." Basically, is what they were going to do. Um. I know this because this is what happened to my, my my friend's tower where he lives in Coconut Grove. That look, 
the repairs are eerily similar. They have a similar pool, similar layout, similar everything. Mm. And they their 40 year came up last year and the repairs were very the, the cost was very similar. Um and basically they had to start doing it because the county said, "Look, either you do this right now or you're not, you know, you're going to have to if you know, you, you, the building will not be able to be occupied." Period. So, but what they're saying right now, one of the changes is, aside from one thing that I that I think is a, is a change that is definitely necessary, is that you know to make it harder to not put money in reserves. Number, you know, to, to you know to make it harder to waive reserves, they have to do that. Okay, but the second thing is that the reserve calculations also there isn't like a there isn't a standard through which they have to go through. I thought that when I took over the association, it's like, hey, well, let me hire an engineer, an accountant, and they will look and say, oh, these items cost this much money, so you need to put into reserve this amount. It's not anywhere nearly like that. Uh, It's like basically, oh, the last time we spent was a million dollars on this? Oh, okay, so it's a million dollars. How long is that supposed to be? 30 years? Okay, great. You put it down and that's it. The, it's 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 not as robust as it as it needs to be. There needs to be, you know what? That I I hire an independent person to tell me, hey, these are the items that I have in our condo. This is the life expectancy you have, and this is the money that you need to save over time. But somebody independent that is an expert needs to do it, not just the association together with their accountant looking at what was spent before and just doing that. And, and I'd also say, I, I mean, to me, it seems like the obvious things coming out of this are. 40 years is too long before you do that mega inspection. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think definitely, especially for those on the ocean. Yeah. I mean, you, sh- you should be having regular inspections on a much more frequent basis. I, I think 20 years is, 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 is more a reasonable uh, number than 40. A- after the 40, it's like you, it's not like you go another 40 after that. Like after 40, the inspections become more frequent as well, I believe. Right. Is that correct? I don't recall that if the four, if the, if I the think 40, I, I, think I saw that reported that you had to do this big mega inspection at 40 years, but after that, it was more frequent than that. Um, but uh, any, any listener out there, correct me if I heard that wrong. Um, but it seems like, you know, it's, it's just one of these basic assumptions that I, I assume like every building, at least every sort of commercial building has some sort of regular inspection mechanism that has to happen on some sort of schedule. And you sort of assume, and maybe this isn't true either, but maybe it should be, that if those inspections turn up problems, there are legal mandates on what has to happen to fix those problems on what kind of timetable if people are going to continue to be allowed in that building. Like the fact that they, there was a report in 2018 that said you had major problems and they were allowed to dick around for several years uh, seems like a problem. Yes. And I I think that you've hit the nail on the head in in which I think that the regulation on that is very lax in in that, in in that, in that perspective. Um, I mean, I, you know, you think that owners would be more proactive about keeping up their property. You would think, right? But what winds up happening is people get really cheapskate and it's like an association. It's a lot of people and they keep thinking it's like, well, I won't live here that long. Well, it's not my fucking problem. No, let's kick it down the road. Fuck it, whatever. And that's that's a lot of what happens. That's a lot of what happens. Well, and you got to think, I mean, even on a single family home, 
I mean, there are reasons that you might want to defer certain things and people will wait longer than they should for maintenance. I mean, hell, you know, I, yeah, I mentioned on the show a couple weeks ago, I got a hole in the wall where Alex like slammed his keyboard into a, into the wall. I've got another hole in the wall where like literally the dog ate a hole into the wall, into the drywall. Uh, it's been around for a long time. We haven't fixed it yet. We've got, it's, it's like, uh, we'll, we'll get around to it eventually. Now, I don't think that's a safety issue, but, you know, th- even things like, uh, you know, oh, okay, you need like annual maintenance on your heater or whatever. It's really easy to let that slip, if especially if you're tight on money, right? And say, oh, okay, hold on. Let me close the door. I wonder if there was a delivery. Hold on. But yeah, it's really easy to defer like expenses that you feel like, yeah, may, I know I'm supposed to do that, but it's not that bad yet. I can wait another six months. I can wait another year. Even with a single family residence, if you magnify that by the fact that you have to get like lots of people in an association to agree, that makes it even worse. That makes it harder. Yeah. Yeah, nah, exactly. I mean, I mean, yeah, you know, it's your own house, and you decide to like uh, not fix your roof, and you know, not 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 fix the pipes or do do stuff and whatever. Well, then you're the only one that's impacted usually, and you know, you may have something, but you're you're not impacting a lot of people when it's a when it's a common. You know, building shared by a lot of people. Uh, those things can, you know, impact your other neighbors. They impact everybody else. It's, it's a lot of people that get impacted, uh, when something like that happens. And so it, it, it's a very uh, different situation. Uh, and it's the look. I'm going to tell you flat out. Uh, my wife kept asking, why the hell did I stay being president of the association? I've been doing this for 10 years. And basically I said is, look, I don't want some incompetent fucking idiot in charge. <laughs> I'm living here. I'm I'm staying president. It's that's not changing because I'm not letting anybody else fuck around with this because I've seen what's going on with the uh, with other associations. Look at what the fuck happened with this building. Here you go. What a better reason why the hell, as I, I live here in this condo, that why the hell am I president association is what happened with that fucking building. I don't expect our building to collapse or anything in no association, but a lot of shitty things can happen. Yeah. A lot of shitty things can happen. I mean, you're, you're not in a high rise. The dynamics are a little bit different, but still there are things that if you allowed them to go to hell could cause problems, even safety problems, safety problems, condo valuation, et cetera, and so forth, you know, and just, just managing the expenses to make sure that the, that the books are sound. Okay. Um, you know, look, I, I was talking today. I, I'm a guy who, when I do financial forecasts and projections and things and whatnot, you know, the numbers, I look at them and they come easy to my head and I, and I can figure out how to be creative in terms of shoring up money over here, putting this over there. And then, you know, everything, everything works and the books balance and everything's good. Okay. You know, um, and and I see so many people that look at the books and they have no idea, you know, how the money's spent, where it's going, uh, 
I mean, why is it like that? Well, why can't we save this? Why can't we save that? I'm like, you know, why don't we do this? And off the top of my head, I can tell you, you know, what our biggest expenses are. I mean, our biggest expenses are here are insurance and security, you know, to the property. Those are the two biggest expenses. Okay. And so, and, and, and our, and our bulk, uh, you know, internet and cable contract. And, and you're like, you know, and, and then I can tell you how much it costs per unit, if you know, how much you would save if you get, get rid of one of those. But I can also tell you that a lot of things people will make short sighted decisions sometimes on like say, well, why don't you get rid of the security? Okay. Well, actually, if you look at Google and look at the reviews for a condo, the main thing that people like is the security. So you want to go and save, you know, $50, $70 a month by not having 24-hour security. But yet, the main thing that people like is that. That's just stupid. Why are you going to do that? Makes no sense whatsoever. So it's stuff like that that I'm just, you know what? I don't want somebody fucking with it. But, you know, I think I I think your point, though, is I mean, I understand why, you know, you want to maintain control of your condo association because, you know, all all the things you said. But on the larger scale, uh, I mean, I, I know some people recoil at the word, but you need intervention by regulations or laws here. Oh, you need it. Oh, I agree. Because people clearly are like, like you said, they're all of these incentives that are lined up for making the short-term calculation uh, to save money right now and you end up screwing things down the line. Yes, and, um, 100%. And, and, and that plays out at all kinds of different scales. And what you're seeing here is obviously, with, with the building collapse, is obviously like one of the worst possible outcomes. Absolutely. But you can have a lot of bad things happen that are short of that too. Um, but it seems absolutely clear that, you know, if you're going to have these situations where you've got sort of this collective ownership of a property, you need to have some rules around how it works that have some teeth. And you need to have some rules around, uh, like I said, it, you know, regular safety inspections. And if the safety inspections find something, it it can't be optional. You have to deal with what's found. I think you've hit it on the head. The two areas that probably need better strengthening of of that are the safety inspections, number one, in terms of structure and and and, and buildings. So look what what the developer did to us when he turned it over. I mean, he somehow got this place turned over, saying that the buildings, you know, that the roofs had thirty years of life when they had zero. Mm. I mean, I mean that that shouldn't happen. They shouldn't be allowed to do something like that, for example. That shouldn't happen. And the other part is the way to calculate and deposit money to to have those items, you know, uh, that, that need eventual replacement, to have that money for those capital needs in the future. There needs to be better rules around that, 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 that people just can't for the sake of like sh- uh, short-term savings, just skirt around that and not put money away for those needs. Simple as that. That avoids all these fights. Yeah. And frankly, maybe you need some more of this kind of stuff, even for single family residences, but especially for anything like this, where it's, you know, uh, 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 many, many people res- residing in a single building and where everybody's decision affects everybody else's, you gotta, you gotta have something in place. And, and frankly, I would hope 
and I, I don't know, you tell me, is this at least better in like commercial buildings? Like is our office buildings going to have this kind of problem too? Well, the thing is that most commercial buildings have a single owner. And so, you know, they, but, but do, you, do you, st- do you still have lax re- regulations where that single owner can potentially decide to skip some perhaps important maintenance? I mean, they can skip it, but I, I think that the, the main thing is, um, it, it goes back to the, you think it's the collective ownership problem specifically. The collective ownership problem is a much bigger problem than, 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 than anything else. Uh, and, and the fact that, you know these buildings they need they need maintenance on a regular basis they need inspections on a regular basis and what the period of time to go to have those inspections happen number 1 especially for those near the ocean needs to be tightened it can't really be 40 that's just just way too long and the mechanism to pay and fund for that it needs to be it, it it needs to be there needs to be a better structure because right now it's too loosey goosey and people just do whatever the hell they want and as I mentioned more than fifty percent of associations in the United States have no money set aside for ma- for these kinds of major repairs none it's ridiculous it shouldn't be that way yeah so I guess that's all I have on on the thing. With a thing, yeah, and um, and no, no new survivors since we uh, since we spoke last week. No, no, no new survivors since we spoke last week, and there probably won't be. Uh, it's just the the death toll keeps in increasing as they pull people out. Um, I mean, Biden was here and he met with uh, all the families. He met with. I mean, what I understood is he met with all of them individually. Yeah. He took the time to meet with each of them individually and the first responders and others. Um, you know, he, um, I, I'm, I, I will say that I, I was, um, I was very, uh, positively impressed by the fact that, it's not that Biden came, but that Marco Rubio was there, that DeSantis was there, and all these people were there, and they took the situation seriously instead of creating a show. Yeah. Um, and and I, 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 I have to give, I, I will give credit to Biden for enabling a scenario where last year, if we had something like this happen, I mean, I don't know. I guess he'd be tossing him what not paper towels. I don't know. What if, what would he be tossing? Whatever. Something. You know. I don't know. I mean, that psychopath would be just not do he doesn't know how to do empathy, so I don't know what the fuck he would be doing at this. Yeah. I mean, th- this is definitely the 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 one thing we've said repeatedly about Joe Biden is his personal experience with loss. Uh, enables him to be very, very authentic and very real when doing these sort of national grief things. Uh, you know, in, in terms of recognizing the losses from COVID, in terms of going to an event like this, because, you know, he knows. Yeah. You know, and and he has the ability to sort of feel it and let you know that he feels it and let you know that he cares. Um, and yeah, huge difference. Yeah. 
Uh, we, we just didn't have that for four years. Exactly. Okay. Um, well, let's, let's take a break real quick and, uh, we'll be back and maybe get, depending on how long we take on things, maybe two more items. If they're, if they're anywhere near this length, less than two items, uh, but, uh, maybe we'll have a couple short things. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to this podcast. Do you like it? No! Do you want to support the show? No! Well, after you have subscribed to the show, followed us on Facebook, and told all your friends they should be listening to, what else can you do? I won't subscribe! You can help fund our Patreon at patreon.com slash Corner. Patreon is a way you can throw us a few bucks a month to help out with the expenses of the show. You know, web hosting, equipment, a little bit of advertising to promote the show, and maybe every once in a while some much-needed sedatives for Yvonne. At different contribution levels, you can get a mention on the show, a Curmudgeon's Corner postcard, or even a Curmudgeon's Corner mug. Fun stuff. Not fun! In any case, the contributions help tell us that you enjoy and appreciate the show. I really, really hate Curmudgeon's Corner. Are we worth a buck a month? No! Five bucks a month? No! Or if you are nuts about us, maybe even more. One hundred billion! Billion dollars! Even though you don't have anywhere near a billion dollars. If we're worth anything to you at all, send it our way at patreon.com slash curmudgeons corner. Alex hates. Really, really hates. Curmudgeons Corner! That's really mean, isn't it? I hate Curmudgeons Corner. But I really do! Okay, we are back, and uh, it's my turn for a topic, but before I pick an actual topic... I just want to tell you guys something that's happening as we're recording right now, which is kind of fun and interesting. Um, well, sort of. Um, during the last segment, I had to pause the recording with Yvonne for a while because my dogs were going nuts. Uh, yeah, they they were they they lost their marbles. Yeah. yeah, they lost their marbles. Turns out, um, this is because there was a grocery delivery to the house. Okay. So, you know, so somebody was unloading bags and bags and bags of groceries onto our front porch and the dogs don't like that. They go nuts. Fine. Whatever. Um, so my wife signed for the groceries because there was alcohol in the groceries apparently. And she's like, you know, it, it, but my wife did not order groceries. So ordered what? So she's like, uh, is, is this for Amy? That's our daughter's name. And the delivery person was like, yes, this is for Amy. So my wife is like, okay, fine. I'll sign this. My, my daughter's over 21. She's allowed to buy alcohol. Um, and, and so my wife signed for it and they finished unloading all the groceries and they left. Okay. My daughter, Amy also did not order groceries. Wait, what? Neither did I. Neither did my son, Alex. Neither did my daughter's boyfriend, Robert. None of the, nobody around this house has ordered groceries. Is there a receipt? Is there like some kind of sheet of paper on the thing or something? There is, there is no receipt. There's no receipt. So my, my wife signed for the damn groceries thinking that, oh, okay, 
my daughter ordered something, fine. My daughter doesn't usually order groceries. Like, that's usually my wife who does that. But she's like, oh, okay, I guess she ordered something. Fine, I'll sign for it. So we've got a bunch of groceries on our front porch that nobody here ordered. Well, okay, wait, you left them on the front porch. I mean, are there perishables there? I, I, don't, I, I don't, look, I mean, I'm here recording the podcast. I don't know what's going on downstairs. I don't know what they're doing. The one thing that we're trying, like, on a fairly routine basis, there is a house a few doors down from us that gets our packages. Okay. And we sometimes get theirs. Did you check with them to see? It is two of the numbers on our address are reversed. Okay. Okay. So on a fairly routine basis, we get each other's packages. So yes, I have texted the person at that house. We exchanged numbers a while back to ask if they ordered groceries. Uh, They have not read the message yet. They have not responded yet. That's my best guess is that they just, you know, did the thing where they reversed a couple digits on the address and, delivered the groceries to the wrong place okay did did you did you listen to the packages to see if anything was ticking (laughs) uh there there goes the stupid dog again i'm just i'm just watching out the window to see who might be there someone is claiming the groceries oh oh I don't know exactly what is going on, but there's some woman I don't recognize and my wife that are taking some of the groceries out of our driveway elsewhere. So, okay, well, <laughs> so I guess the groceries have been claimed. I, I, I don't I don't know. I, I will I will provide an update later if um, if I find out more. But <laughs> I, I don't know. I, it's so confusing. Uh, should I pick, should I pick a real topic? Yes. Okay. Um, real, real topic then. Um, Bill Cosby's out. Yes. Bill Cosby's out. I mean, he got off on a technicality. I mean, basically what I understood from what I read in the, in the report was that a prosecutor, not the one that wound up convicting him, uh, had, at some point, he had to give a deposition of some sort, and during that deposition, he basically admitted to a series of crimes. And he had been granted immunity for that testimony at that moment. No, no, no. I, 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 this, is, this is actually a very important thing. There is an actual legal process for granting immunity that requires approval by a judge in Pennsylvania. None of that ever happened. What happened was that the prosecutor made a verbal agreement with Cosby's lawyers not to go after him for anything in that testimony. And to be clear, the testimony was not intended to help the other person in the trial, it it was to help Cosby. Okay. Cosby wanted the testimony, whatever. Um, 
and I don't remember all the details of that, but the bottom line was there was a verbal agreement. It was not a legal agreement. It was the prosecutor basically saying, <laughs> well, yeah. There was a verbal agreement. Yeah, exactly. But, but it was but, not but, an actual grant of immunity. And that's part of what, what happened in this, uh, in, in the court case that went up to the Supreme Court is basically they said, look, maybe it wasn't a proper legal grant of immunity, but... You know, the the prosecutor promised it and Cosby should be able to have, should have been able to count on that. And yes, it should be binding on the next prosecutor too. And I've, I've seen some people saying that that's, you know, that's nuts. If he wanted immunity, there should have been a proper process to get immunity and, you know, and the prosecutor... A, a verbal promise like that shouldn't be anything. But then at the same time, it's like, well, really, like, isn't the issue that the prosecutor shouldn't have given that verbal promise in the first place? Um, and so, look, there really was a due process issue here. And as much as Cosby is apparently guilty, guilty, guilty of all the things he's accused, of, I mean, hell, the, the, the testimony that's inadmissible him here is him admitting to a whole bunch of stuff. Um, so. It, but nevertheless, he was given a promise by a person in legal authority. You know, well, I shouldn't say that, but he was given a promise by the prosecutors that this testimony would not be used against him. And it was. And that's not OK. And so Cosby was, in fact, actually wronged here. And this is the right outcome. Uh it, it's it's messy. I think a whole bunch of people screwed up here. That 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 older prosecutor, who by the way was also one of the people on Trump's defense team in the impeachment. Uh, I forget if it was the first impeachment or second. I think it was the second impeachment. Anyway, he screwed up, and I I saw at least some implication wondering whether you know it was really like a screw up or whether this was actually sort of a a a, a corrupt deal of sorts between the prosecutor and Cosby but in any case he did something he shouldn't have done and he screwed up everything for after this well it seems like the guy you know is very uh i mean now i can see why trump uh, hired him on a team i mean he's been def- definitely very capable of fucking stuff up that shouldn't be fucked up there's, you know, like you said, there's no reason why this should have been that way. I mean, the guy just offered something that he shouldn't have offered, period. And, you know, t- turns out, you know, eh, yeah. I mean, this was this was all done basically on, on due process. Not because uh, Bill Cosby isn't guilty. Now, my, my question is related to this is that... Um, you know, there were a lot of other victims that weren't prosecuted for him. So, I, I mean, I don't know if there's, you know, they could just go back like right now and just prosecute him on. Well, I, I, th- I think the issue this last time, and maybe they can find another, but I think the issue this last time was the one that they actually went after him on was the only one they could find that wasn't past the statute of limitations. Hmm. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. I mean, look, given his pattern of behavior, it's not hard to imagine that there might have been others. Um, but there was also a time frame. He he apparently did most of this bad behavior at a little bit younger age. 
than you know than obviously he is now um uh so did he do some that were later than this one i don't know apparently i i mean i'm sure there are people who if they feel they could get him on anything else uh would be eager to try again uh but it may be difficult i mean it was difficult to get this one conviction yeah shit oh fuck how many years was he in jail for uh i believe that it, it was three to ten so i think he he might have been how many uh, did he serve two so he he could have potentially gotten out of par- out on parole in another year or so i think um but uh it, it could have been longer I, I think that's where it was. It was a 10-year sentence, but with the possibility of parole after like three or something like that. Don't quote me on it. Don't quote me on it. I could be wrong, but I think that's what I heard. Shit. Well, well I mean, this is really just sucks. I mean, I don't, I don't know what the hell else to say, but it's well, just... And, 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 and look, the, the thing is, I mean, and this, this goes to a, a pattern as well of... You know, we've talked about all of these conversations about police behavior, prosecutor behavior comes into this as well. Uh, we've had, uh, th- there was a, there was another case. I'm not going to remember the details of it, but there, there was a, a case recently where a prosecutor's office um, in some Midwestern state has realized that a murder conviction gotten by that prosecutor's office like 40 years ago was invalid. Like it, they completely got the wrong person. Okay. Um, and, uh, and it was due to the prosecutors doing improper things at the original time. They like wanted to get someone and they went after someone. And there was evidence at the time that could have potentially exonerated the person. And they hid that evidence while they went forward with the case anyway. Um, and subsequently everything came out and even the victim of the crime was like, I- I'm so sorry. It was the wrong person, blah, blah, blah. Um, and that, that person is, is actually still in jail waiting to get out of jail. But, uh, uh, because the, anyway, there's, there's, there's a, a bunch of weird stuff of why they can't just let the person go right now. Apparently they're going to get out in September, but everybody already acknowledges that they were innocent. Right. Um, which blows my mind too. But, um, but yeah, like prosecutors offices often overreach often engage in misbehavior. Um, you know, we know from like the George Floyd stuff and everything else, police certainly do. Um, and, you know, there has to be better mechanisms for policing the police and the prosecutors and everybody else and making sure that we're, you know, they're operating by the book and doing what they're supposed to do. And I I think there's a lot of, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge stuff. There's a lot of selective prosecution. There's a lot of stuff out there and we don't have the right mechanisms to guard against that. Well, um, I mean, every once in a while, some really egregious abuses come up and, and something gets done about it, but I don't think we have, you know, a a system in place to just, you know, make sure that these things are handled right all the time. Um, and it's probably needed. I mean, and in this case, it, it, it should be a no brainer. 
that says, look, if you've got a proper legal process for granting somebody immunity, then you need to go through that process. Right. It should, exactly. It shouldn't even be a thing where a prosecutor gives a verbal agreement to somebody that, oh, no, we're not going to go after you for that. That shouldn't be a thing. That shouldn't exist. And if a prosecutor tries to do it, they should at the very least lose their jobs and possibly even get prosecuted themselves for doing it. <laughs> you know? Um, and, you know, sa same thing. I mean, I know, like, when, when you're doing plea deals and all this kind of stuff, there's a negotiation process that happens. But in the end, it all has to be ratified by a judge. I, I mean, the whole thing is, what the hell is the damn process? And if you had a process that, you know, you have a process that you're supposed to follow in order to do that, then, you know, you didn't do it, then, you know, I mean, it's a mess that they created and they basically invalidated this conviction because of their stupidity. But at the end, at the same time, look, if he hadn't offered that, offered they wouldn't have the evidence they had without this anyway well yeah i mean they certainly used the evidence from this there's a question of whether if they hadn't had this whether they could have gotten the evidence they needed elsewhere exactly but this yeah. this certainly helped right i mean cosby right. basically admitted to the pattern of behavior Right. And so they were able to make a case based on not just the specifics of what had happened to uh, the, the one person at the center of the new case, but also refer to the pattern of behavior from before, um, which is also a controversial thing, right? I mean, the Cosby's lawyers had argued that that was improper in general, that you shouldn't be bringing up all of these old cases. Um, but uh, anyway, it, it, it's all a mess. But yeah, it, it's incredibly frustrating, but it, it you know, you know, I, I don't know if I like this, uh, uh, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court's decision on this in terms of like my natural inclination is, hey, look, you weren't granted actual immunity. So whatever somebody told you too bad, they told you they weren't. You know, they didn't have the authority to actually give you immunity. And so therefore it didn't count. Sorry, your lawyer didn't tell you that. Um, I, I kind of feel that way, but I don't know the details of it, uh, of, of the Pennsylvania laws in question. And I still, and I can see the counter argument that says, you know, whether or not the prosecutor had the legal authority to grant immunity, you know, there was a good faith communication that happened there that said, nope. We're not going to, we're not going to do anything about this. And anyway, so it is what it is. And, um, uh, you know, he can't be prosecuted against again for this same offense, double jeopardy and all. So there you go. And it, and it was, uh, it was a state case and it went all the way to the state Supreme court. So it's not like it's going to the U S Supreme court or anything. End of story. He's out. Inle unless he commits some new crime, unless he commits some new crime that people want to go after him for. Or, like you said, if 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 some of somebody else comes out of the woodwork uh, that's uh, still within the statute of limitations, then maybe the you know, who knows. But uh, anyway, scumbags out. You know, he was our commencement speaker. Commencement speaker, right? Yeah, you've you've told me that before, and I don't remember it all. <laughs> Which you keep not remembering, but yes, he was our commencement. 
Uh, and and uh, Felicia Rashad, Felicia Rashad uh, tweeted out how glad she was that this miscarriage of justice was undone. So, and she's apparently in some hot water for having said that. But, oh, well, I mean, look, I understand her personal feelings on, on, on. You know, I, I, I it's very hard for somebody. You know, I. I I mean, she she knew him and apparently was not one of his victims and was not exposed to that, so can't imagine him actually doing it, thinks he's a good guy, whatever, and you understand that. But then there are 60 people said he did do I this know, stuff. I know, I know, I know. Okay, uh, I got one, one more for you and we're out. Heat. 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 The heat dome. So can you tell me, look, I kept looking at the temperatures and not understanding how hot did it really get? Well, where? Up there. I mean, where you are. In my particular location, um, well, actually, I was looking at the thermometer readings at Payne Field, which is the airport near me. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, The maximum where at Payne Field was 100 degrees. However, it got up to, I believe, 108 down in Seattle. Uh, Portland got up to 115. Um, there was, uh, the, the, there was the town in, uh, in Canada, just northeast of us, um, in British Columbia that hit 120. Um, and, and by the way, that town, is now destroyed because the heat set off wire wildfires and the town is now gone. Um, that was the highest temperature ever recorded in Canada. Um, I'm still it, like baffled. That's how it got. It, it was like hotter further North of everybody that, that I mean, that, that just bewildered me, you know, about how that, that worked. <laughs> Well, you know, the air masses go in blobs. It's not always just straight up the further north you go, the colder it is. But I know, uh, I know. But although, still. Uh, 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 you know, a week earlier before this heat mass hit uh, the northwestern United States, where I am, I saw reports of Siberia over 100 as well. Oh, Jesus. Um, uh, you know, so and and with. Uh, you know, 80 degree plus temperatures getting pretty darn close to the North Pole, you know? Jesus. Um, so look, it's, uh, uh, you know, and, and, and look, it, d- got d- hot. it got hot. And just to, to be clear, these, there were records being set all over this part of the globe, uh, Southwestern Canada, Northwestern United States, uh, that were all time records. You know, since, well, since people were keeping track of them. So, like, uh, so it were, you know, we're not necessarily talking 600, 700 years, right? Because we don't only have, only have the well, temperature. We, do, we don't, well, we don't have the data. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, we only have the data going back like 100, 120 years, depending on where you are. Um, and less in some of these places. Um, but, you know, they were all-time records that were set. Um, and people were estimating that absent the global warming trend, these type of temperatures were things that we believe this part of the world saw maybe once every one or 2,000 years. Jesus. But with the global warming trend, <laughs> you know, uh, we're seeing more and more of this, of course. Um, 
and I, I saw a, a listing of, you know, the highest temperatures ever in Canada that was posted a couple of days ago. And, you know, the top three were all from this last week, you know, and all in that one town, by the way, uh, that got the worst of it in Canada. Um, and so, you know, and look, the, the thing about the Northwest, um, very light air conditioning penetration. Right. Because, you know, look, if you live in the desert in Arizona or where you are in Florida, you're like, okay, high temperatures are a normal part of life. Right. You know, you expect it every summer, you expect whatever. Um, here in this area, the, you know, the normal temperatures for this time of year are like highs in the low 70s. I mean, it's crazy. This massive hot air. Look, it's hotter. This is the crazy thing. It is right now in northern Manitoba, okay, near to Hudson Bay. I mean, way the hell up fucking north. 89 degrees. That far north. Where it's, you know, look, down in Chicago, it's 60 degrees. It's insane. It's it's the heat is all the way all that fucking far north. Right. Well, it's it's just a bubble of heat that got put up that direction. I saw one comparison and I think I tweeted a uh an animated weather uh, an animated weather map of this or um where people were showing like basically, you know, hurricanes are low pressure systems. Right. This was a high pressure system of the magnitude of a fairly significant hurricane. So it's it's sort of like an inversion. Instead of a low pressure, it's a high pressure and it 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 just came onto land and is going across uh as a extremely significant weather event bringing up this huge mass of hot air and dragging it across the continent. Shit. It's fucking unreal. And and I was mentioning the low penetration of uh, of of air conditioning because historically this is a very temperate climate. Like you know you like I said this time of year normally low seventies maybe even high sixties. Uh, but even in like the depth of the worst months of summer, you know it, it's not all that much hotter. <laughs> You know, maybe you'll have a few uncomfortable days in the 80s and maybe you'll hit 90 occasionally. But, you know, the the phrase I heard over and over and over again, and, and hell, I've said it before, even on this show, before we bought Central Air for our house, was that, look, it was hard to justify air conditioning because you only really needed it maybe a few days a year. And you could sort of say, oh, okay, it'll be hot for like, a few days. I can deal with it for a few days. Does it really make sense spending a bunch of money on air conditioning? You know, hell, even on a window unit. But it, it, these are becoming more frequent and more pronounced, uh, you know, and, uh, and, and that's potentially the trend. And, you know, people are always calling out, well, what are the normal weather fluctuations versus what's really due to global warming, blah, blah, blah. Um, and look, the answer is, any specific weather phenomenon at any particular time, this heat wave, the hurricane frequency, anything like that, any one specific event. No, you can't say this one event is because of climate change. 
But you can say that because of climate change, you get these things more often than you used to, you know, and that you see some increases and you see more extreme behavior. And, you know, some people point like even the people I I remember a few years back, some congressman or, or senator or somebody brought in a snowball to the Capitol because there was a blizzard or something and said, here's your global warming. Here's a snowball. And we got like eight feet of snow outside or whatever. And it's like, look, actually, there's a reason people stopped calling it, uh, global warming specifically and started calling it climate change because, you know, there are different parts of the world are affected slightly differently and you, you can get more extremes in more directions, but the overall tendency is warmer and hotter and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, you, you see these charts, um, of, you know, what we have to do to sort of, avert a significant enough climate change that uh, is going to be dramatically affect people's lives all over the world. Uh, Because people arbitrarily put that as, you know, a two two degrees Celsius rise over pre-industrial averages, right, is where they put that line at. That's what we want to stop. But the reality is, it's not like a magic line that you know, 0.1 degrees below that, you're okay. 0.1 degrees above that, we're all screwed. It's, you know, the hotter it gets, the more difficulties there are going to be. But trying to avoid that two-degree line, um, if you look at the charts of sort of carbon emissions that, you know, what the carbon emissions curve has to get to to avoid that two-degree line, the rate at which we have to reduce carbon emissions on a global basis uh, is getting steeper and steeper and steeper every year. Um, and frankly, it's at the point where it's steep enough that it's almost certain we're going to blow past that two degree mark. Like the, 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 de- the degree of dramatic change that would have, have to happen like almost instantaneously, like within two or three years, not within two or three decades is almost unimaginably dramatic in terms of how quickly that change would happen. So we're almost certainly going to blow past that two degrees. So now we're starting to see, well, what does that mean? How does, what are the actual implications of, of this? And it means more frequent heat waves like we saw here in the West coast. And, you know, I say heat wave, like, Oh, you know, it was, and look, it was really, it was only really hot for, for like three days. Here. And like after the after the hundred degree day, it dropped like fifty degrees in the course of a few hours here. And it was back into the you know, it, it was it was a lot cooler very fast, right? Um and but it, it it's not like it was nothing. I've seen reports that if you combine British Columbia, Washington State, and Oregon, it looks like hundreds of people died out of this event. You know, uh, and of course you're, you're, you're talking elderly people, more vulnerable people, people without access to air conditioning. Uh, I'm sure some, some young people too. I think there was one case of a child, uh, in a house uh, or apartment that did not have air conditioning who succumbed to the heat. Um, so it, it's not like you can just, I mean, I guess you can just blow it off, but it's getting harder and harder to do that. You know, because the effects are becoming more pronounced as we go forward. And, you know, the the other thing is, you know, look, 
We've already done damage that even if we stopped cold turkey, which is obviously not going to happen, there's still significant damage coming up. Things are going to get worse before they get better. And I, I can't see how you end up with a technical a technological solution that doesn't involve not just eliminating carbon emissions or dramatically reducing them, but actually starting to take carbon back out of the atmosphere. You know? Yeah, I don't see how, yeah, we don't start doing that. Yeah, there's just no other... At, at, at this point, that has to be part of the solution. There's Yeah, there's no way that, that we're going to get to a solution without doing that. I agree. And so... Uh... Anyway, I encourage everybody that uh, for their next vehicle purchases to go, please. Go all electric. Yeah. Plug-in hybrid, electric, hybrid. You know, the difference right now between those three in terms of carbon emissions is not that, it's not, it's not that huge. Um, but, but I will say, look, do, there's a lot of things that you could do between solar energy, uh, more energy efficient appliances. Look, in my household, here we reduced our energy consumption on average about thirty five percent with more efficient appliances um, with our vehicles, we reduced uh our carbon emissions from like driving like eighty percent i mean i mean you know it, 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 so we, we the, you there are there's stuff you can do so and it it, it it's not they're not sacrifices you just got more energy efficient i, I just you know the air conditioning, the stuff, whatever we got, the most energy efficient there was. The water heater is the same. The appliances, the washer and dryer, all of that, the most energy efficient, you know, high high efficiency appliances. And those, you know, LED lighting and all of that. And I mean, we dropped our energy consumption by a third. I mean, there's definitely a lot of that that people can do at a personal level, but there also has to be a significant move of the change for, you know, electric generation and all this kind of stuff, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no, I know that. But I, I'm just like, you know, everybody needs to contribute. We all need to contribute. Yeah. And just like we were saying with condos, though, I mean, regulation has a part of this. Sorry. Yep. You know? Yeah. Uh, because there, there's some choices where, again, the short-term personal, I'm doing the thing that's best for me, is going to be harmful in the long run to others. It's not just you. It's just like wearing the damn masks. It's like you think you're making an isolated decision for you and you alone, but you're not. You're you are doing something that's harming lots of other people. And maybe your contribution is small, but if everybody does it, the overall con uh, contribution is large. It's the traditional tragedy of the commons that's described in economics. Um and, but yeah, the, the, but we, we have to make sort of the societal level changes as well. I mean, I looked up a uh, one person, um, you know, responded to me tweeting about the, the heat a while ago about, you know, I, I tweeted something like, I'm, I'm really glad I got central air a couple of years ago. And yes, I was really glad I got central air a couple of years ago, but they're, you know, they're saying, you know, look, this is part of the, the vicious cycle, right? Because this kind of weather makes air conditioning more necessary, but the air conditioning helps make the problem worse and et cetera. And I did point out that here in Washington state, like most of the electric generation is from hydro. Um, and there's some nuclear and it's a relatively small percentage that's fossil fuel based nuclear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Um, but that's not true in lots of places. Um, and there is that sort of vicious cycle and you see, um, so you have to, 
I know, like solar, go solar. Look, like over here in Florida, it's you know, even though we have a whole bunch of issues, but FPL basically, like, there's there's no more uh uh uh, uh coal power generation. Uh, I mean, it's a combination of either natural gas, uh, nuclear, and solar, basically. Um, so it's it's definitely quite a lot cleaner than it used to be. That's for sure. Um, right. So, but but we all have to, like you said, about regulation and doing. But but like I said, everybody also needs to take their some personal responsibility as well. And, and I I don't disagree with that. But at the same time, I think like people, especially like you know, big a lot of the. A lot of industry, a lot of people uh, in in governmental positions try to push things off on individuals. Yes, individual action is important and individuals should do what they can. Um, but the things that are going to make the biggest difference are the things that are done at a policy level on a national or international level. Well, we've talked about, for example, there's a couple like in terms of like, uh, I know that one big factor is uh uh transportation by ship that ships yeah emit like are one of the worst co2 producers that we have yeah and that if it, that if we were able to to just do something about that just just that alone it it's a massive impact and also um Agriculture and uh, how we produce uh, uh, meat and other things, for example. Well, uh, and, that there are yeah, things that and, can be done, and, and, and for that, that matter, policies and in, international policies on deforestation and reforestation and things like that, because uh, you know trees do help. Actually, it turns out. Yeah. Uh, but you know, all of these things have to come together. Any one of them alone is not enough. No. You have to do a whole bunch of stuff and you have to do it consistently and coherent. But, but that's what I say about, I, I'm saying, what I'm saying about the personal responsibility is not that that's the only solution, but that's, that it's a part of the picture. All of these things. It's a part yeah, of the we, picture. Er, sure. We need to all, all do all of these things. I mean, and fun, well. fundamentally, one of our difficulties and, and, it, it it resonates with what we were talking about on the condo, right? Is that the the perceived cost of you know what if you listen to some of the climate scientists who are talking about well what would we have to do to really avert things? You know, it's it involves really significant changes to how people live their lives. I. Okay. But it's it's not true. It really isn't. It's more spending money on doing certain things differently. A, a lot of it is. A lot. A, a lot of it is. But well, and this is the smart thing. There right? are choices. There are choices out there. Well, the thing is, if you add, if you add up a lot a lot of the simple choices that people can make as individuals, it's it's not enough. But it, it, anyway, you you are right though. Like there's there's technological stuff there. We could be doing this there's, there's you know changing the power mix we could be doing and also there's the question of like what's really significant in terms of a change in your life getting a getting an electric vehicle instead of a gas vehicle is not really a significant change you've no, still got a vehicle not at right? all yeah. um you know uh getting sticking solar panels on your house isn't necessarily a significant change to your life no now exactly some of, some of the things that people are talking about is you know look people may just have to travel less 
But that is also dependent on, you know, keeping sort of constant the carbon footprint of travel. If you're smart about how you change that and like, right. you know, like you said, uh, you know, maybe you know, the shift to electric car is one thing. We're a lot further away from like, you know, carbon neutral planes and shipping and planes. all of this But they're kind working of on that too. And that's something that also needs to happen at some point. But, I, but, but, but you said about choices. There are some that I will say. That also, you know, the people could do that do have an impact in terms of how they live. One thing is that in America, the fucking size of damn houses. Mm. And one reason why I, you know, I told my wife that I actually refuse to move to something bigger is precisely because something bigger has a bigger carbon footprint. Hmm. And so I decided that, you know what, we're the three of us. We don't need more than 1600 and some odd square feet. We just don't. We can perfectly live in 1600 square feet. And, you know, like right now, you know, most people I know live in houses that are well north of 2,000 square feet or more. And in places like Texas, 3,000, three, you know, they're massive houses. Yeah. They I think we're are. over two. I think we're over 2,000. Yeah. yeah. Now you're more people, okay, in your place, but, yeah. you know, but, but, but still, uh, you know, it's like, okay, if you live in a smaller place, you create a, a smaller carbon footprint. It's just that simple. But, you know, people want big, big houses. Well, and, and part of that that people point in mind, too, is is things like uh, public transit instead of driving your own car, whether it's electric or not. Right. Um, living closer to where you work. Right. Or <clears throat> remote work, telecommuting instead of commuting at all. Yeah. Sorry. I just had to say that, but yeah, I, I mean, just changes to sort of fundamentally like the people who talk about density in cities being more uh, efficient because, you know, people have to travel less, move less, whatever. Yeah. I, I buy, I buy some of that to an extent. Um, I, I'm sorry. I like my sprawl. I like my sprawl. I, I feel like claustrophobic in cities, but there, there's, there's a point to some of that. Um, but there, just in general, being thoughtful about this stuff though. Um, I, 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 I continue to think like, look, yeah, you absolutely. There are things people can do as individuals, but the big impact happens through governmental policy. I'm sorry. No, I, I do agree that, that we, the government policy needs to be the one thing, but like I said before, we, 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 we need to, we need a combination of all those things to do. Yeah an impact on this. So, and, uh, yeah. And so anyway, it was, it was really hot here for a while. Now it's less so, but, uh, I'm, I'm glad I had air conditioning, but, but lots of, lots of people didn't. And I saw lots of people talking about how miserable they were. I saw lots of people at work talking about, they were actually in the office and in the office specifically because of the air conditioning, uh, I saw people talking about going to libraries or other public places, uh, you know, that had AC. Um, and, and, you know, I, I saw, you know, I saw people talking on various work chats about how, yeah, they went into work because, you know, they woke up in the morning and it was already 90 plus degrees in their apartment. You know, it's like, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. We're at the end of the show. I think Yvonne. We are. So let's do, uh, let's do the stuff at the end. Um, you can reach us. 
yes, you you would like to reach us, right? Um, uh, let, let, let me mention, because we didn't get to it specifically, uh, there was a feedback on our Facebook from Ed this week. He was talking about um, the fact that we threatened to sue all of our listeners. Uh, uh, we, we have to get on that. Uh, but yeah, no, he is... Uh, he says he's going to defend his right to listen to the podcast. Um, um, also, I had uh, my mother uh, gave some feedback to the show from. Um, it gave some feedback from the dog. Hold on. Oh, since the dog is barking, I might as well say I did get an update on the groceries. The people who picked up the groceries were not the people who usually get our packages and vice versa, uh, but they were from elsewhere on our street and they figured it out and they got their groceries. So congratulations. Uh, there you go. All right. All worked out, but it was, but it was still really weird. Whatever. Anyway, I, I mentioned Facebook. You can reach us on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash curmudgeons corner. You can also find us on Twitter. I'm at Abelsme, A B U L S M E. And uh, Yvonne is at IMBO, I M B O U. Uh, we'd love to hear from you from, you know, we'd love to hear from you on Facebook. We'd love to hear from you on Twitter. We'd love to have you share our posts and let other people know about the podcast. Uh, if you don't like social media, you can find us by email. It's feedback at curmudgeons-corner.com. And if you really like the show, you can go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash curmudgeons corner. Uh, as I mentioned earlier in the show, uh, at various levels uh, of contribution, you can get us mentioning you on the show. We, you can get us sending you a postcard. You can get a mug like Alex got. Normally, it would be a regular curmudgeons corner mug. But if you really, really want, and I hate, I really, really hate curmudgeons corner mug we can arrange that just let us know um and um yeah and at two dollars a month or more or if you talk to us a lot in any other way uh we will invite you to our curmudgeons corner slack where yvonne and i and some listeners are talking all week long and sharing links and all of this kind of stuff and as we do every week, Yvonne, tell us a few things that we talked about on the Slack this week that we have not talked about on the show. Just a few. I shared, for example, that if you had bought a new car in the last year, you could sell it now that more you could pay for it for the first time in, in I mean, history, that, that, that car prices are up. Well, I think you could sell a Model T today for more than it originally cost. It just takes well, a while to get Okay, there. then the average vehicle. Then the average vehicle. Okay, <laughs> yes. So. Uh, but even those, uh, 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 you know, those types of antique vehicles, their prices have been soaring, too. Uh, you know, uh, higher than they, they were. Um, we shared uh, a new story about Bruce's company that is going to be surveying the wreck. Oh, our, our, our listener, Bruce, who's always on our Comudgeons Corner Slack and has co-hosted here occasionally. Tell us about his company. Yes, there was a news story. About uh, that. Apparently, the, the, that they are going to be surveying the uh, uh, wreckage of the Titanic. His company makes submarines that were designed specifically for going down to the Titanic and other similar yes. adventures, and uh, they're they're going on their first expedition right now. And Bruce, 
is out there with them in the North Atlantic right now. He promises he'll tell us a little bit about it when he's allowed oh, to. Oh, so, so that's where he... Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, he's All right. he's he's actually... He, he commented on Curmudgeon's Corner Slack from the North Atlantic, where they're testing the damn submarine. Or actually, I guess ooh, it's, it's past ooh. testing now. They're actually using it now, I guess. Ooh, but... Ooh. Uh, anyway, I, I I look forward to hearing from Bruce about how this all went once he's allowed to talk yes, about it. Yes, 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 you yes. Know, this is at, quite exciting. At, at the very least on our Commudgeons Corner Slack, but maybe he'll come onto the show to talk about it too. Well, he, I thought he had been on a cruise earlier. I thought that he was going to Canada or something for 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 cruise. That's what I said. I did realize that he also went. Okay, so all right, so he went. Okay, all right. I I, I lost track of Bruce's travel. He's sitting on he's sitting on a boat on top of the Titanic. Nice. Okay. Uh, I shared a story that California's uh, yoga, wellness, and spirituality community has a QAnon problem. Didn't wasn't and that last week? You didn't you mention that? Maybe. Last week? Who knows? Is that new again? Well, but we didn't. Well, we never talked about it. Okay. Uh, I shared a story about some crazy driver hitting three parked car, car, park cars in Port St. Lucie, and if you couldn't tell from the picture of the person, she may have been a little bit like <coughs> drunk. Um. Uh, Ted Cruz is strongly considering humiliating himself again by basically running for president again because he said that it was the most fun he's had in his life. Nice. And if that's the most fun he's had in his life, what the hell does he do the rest of his time? What is he just stab himself with a fork or something on every day? Or (laughs) what does he do? (laughs) I mean, seriously. You know, I I don't really want to know what Ted Cruz does. Yeah, I really don't either. Okay, um, so uh, so that kind of stuff. I think those, those you know most of the stuff we talked about uh, 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 on the Slack this time, but the, all that kind of stuff you get with us on the Slack. There you go. Uh, so hey. Uh, everybody, if you like the show and you have friends that you think would like the show too, uh, please tell them about it and review us anywhere that has podcast reviews. Uh, but let us know you've done so, so we can go laugh at the review and, you know, all, all that kind of stuff. And other than that, um, Hey, if this heat bubble is now over you stay cool. Um, there's apparently a hurricane heading towards Florida where you are, Yvonne, although I think it's supposed to hit the West coast, right? But uh, it's supposed to hit the West Coast, but who knows? I don't know. It's too early to tell. It's too early. So so stay safe from whatever weather events are near you. Stay safe from the pandemic. We didn't talk about like the Delta variant and all that kind of stuff. I'm sure we will at some point. Uh, and, uh, you know, hey. Oh, it's it's and it's Fourth of July weekend. I don't know if this podcast will be out before the fourth is over or not, but it it should be right. No, no, yeah, yeah, probably not. I don't know. Anyway, I hope you had a good 4th of July if you're hearing this after the 4th is over. But related to the hot weather, like, I'm I'm here, it, it, it's been hot, lots of things are dry. I know there are going to be assholes setting off fireworks in our neighborhood. Idiots, be careful. You know, there's high fire risk right now. Oh, God, yes, it's so dry. Their whole town's getting wiped out in Canada. There's there's fires. Yeah, fire season is starting all across the West Coast. For God's sake, don't be stupid with fucking fireworks. You know, yeah, it, it it's illegal in unincorporated Snohomish County where I am. But every single fucking year, there's still tons of those things going off. People, 
Stop it. Don't be dumbasses. Nah, they're gonna do it. Yeah, you know, I also was um uh you know, I, I've I've been going to the, the occupational therapist for my hand that I injured falling down the stairs over a year ago now. Uh, and by the way, my occupational therapist apparently had a fall of her own and is out for a while recovering from that. So uh, on the off chance she's listening, uh, get well soon. Um, but no, last 4th of July, when I was there and talking to her, um, she mentioned how every single 4th of July, they had a whole bunch of people in with new freaking hand injuries from blowing up fireworks in their goddamn hands because they're messing with these things and don't understand and are stupid. So just be safe with this stuff. Look, I had my cousin when I was young lose an eye in the tip of one of his fingers by fucking around with fireworks. Yeah. It's so, not worth yeah. it, folks. Don't no, do it. No. Which is why we stopped. That was the last year we ever did anything with fireworks. Now, go to, go to a he, professional show. Now, I will say to my my cousin was being extra dumb about it, but still. Yeah. I I mean, look, there are ways to be safe, but it it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Go to the professional shows. They're better than anything you can do yourself anyway. Yeah, my my, my 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 cousin wasn't doing those. My my cousin was basically taking all the gunpowder out of uh, out of a whole bunch of firecrackers and then basically trying to build himself a pipe bomb. And it blew. Oh, gee whiz! It blew up on him as he was building it. What a shocking surprise! Yeah. Anyway, don't be stupid with fireworks. Yeah, don't be stupid. Everybody, stay safe. Have fun, and we'll talk to you next week. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Later, Yvonne. Bye. Bye. Hey, you. The person who kept listening after the end. If you are still here, you may also have noticed that Sam started to mention there was feedback from his mother, but then the dogs barked, and he got distracted, gave some information about the wayward groceries, and then moved on without ever saying more about that feedback. Oops. Well, the feedback was about the history as religion conversation from the June 21st episode of the podcast. Sam's mom is a retired minister, so as you could imagine, she had some thoughts on that topic. It was actually probably too long to have read all of it on the podcast, absent dedicating a whole long section of the show to it again. We went long this week even without that, so I guess there wasn't really time. And absent a really slow news week in the next couple weeks, that probably won't happen. So for now, just thanks to Sam's mom for the feedback. We appreciate it. Now. Goodbye. For real. Have an exciting week.